Do the bottoms of your feet look like a prehistoric riverbed? I don't know. Check them out. See what you think. No, they look, they look <laughs> <laughs> How is it? <laughs> looks like he mowed the lawn earlier. What the hell's wrong with your feet? <laughs> I, I, to be to, to make it make PB perfectly clear, <laughs> like you mowed without any shoes on, <laughs> slight green. Was tip. I barefoot when I came outside to see you guys? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> was I? That's all right. Do you like feel it. comfortable questing out into the wilderness? I I hate things being my feet. Like, yeah, I hate my feet being bare. I wear my shoes on the couch, relaxing all night long. I take them off right before I go upstairs and go to bed. <laughs> I commonly fall asleep on you the You always have your shoes on. on. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I'm the, I'm the exact same way. I've had. I've also stepped on two nails in my life that went straight through my foot. Oh. I had shoes on, so I don't know why that would be the deciding factor, but um, I've, <laughs> I've suffered enough foot violence, and once my mom- <laughs> Foot violence. <laughs> my mom wearing Birkenstocks, I watched her accidentally kick the corner of a fireplace, and her big <laughs> toenail ripped off. <laughs> In front of me, oh. and it never grew back. Oh. So she always had this super sensitive, <laughs> toenailless toe. Uh. Wow! <laughs> so sh- my shoes are on currently, and they will be later. If anyone <laughs> wants to see them, welcome to the fright zone. I'm Greg. I'm Nate. I'm Hogan. This episode, we're talking about 1995's Tales from the Crypt: Demon Night. It's the story of a mysterious drifter in possession of an ancient artifact coveted by demons and the quirky boarding house inhabitants he ropes into his mission to protect the artifact. But before we get into it, uh, we're going to jump into uh, Hogan's had pretty crazy uh, past couple of weeks. Um, you went viral, buddy. Yeah, it's awkward. What's uh? <laughs> That's like all I have to say about it, honestly. <laughs> He's no. like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case any of you guys are coming here specifically because of uh, Hogan's blow up uh, with the TikTok, the video bunker. I don't even know how TikTok works. <laughs> Have you used it? I made one just so I could see the post <laughs> that your wife was making on the account for you. <laughs> I, had, I had a friend and my wife would send me TikToks on a regular basis. So yeah. I started one just so I could watch the things they were sending me. Yeah. Aaron was like constantly sending me things and I finally got the app just so I could watch them. But yeah, I don't know how to use it. It's well, weird. But what happened? I don't know. She took a fucking video of like the, the room and she put it on TikTok, and within 24 hours, like it exploded. So it was weird. I don't know. What to say. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. Uh, yeah. That's true. But I mean, but there's more to it. Like, uh, you know, Kimmel showed it. I was going to talk to Ellen yeah. potentially, but yeah. no, that bitch is mean. Apparently. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. It exploded with, uh, I don't know, the the force of a thousand sounds or something like that, right? It did. Last time I checked, it was over 500 thousand some yeah i mean it has like, like I, half a million you people. have you have like thousands of followers on tiktok now that initially has like millions of views yeah um but yeah blew up your your viral sensation so i'm a tiktok star just felt like it was worth mentioning up front in case we have people who are coming aboard for the first time due to this um exposure of yours or Does whatever that mean like i'm an influencer now like do i get to do things i mean uh, maybe like what kind that, of things that's like, up to companies make, i think make, i mean you already <laughs> took off your pants awkwardly here i mean 
I don't know. (laughs) Are you influencing me? Is that what's happening? Uh, (laughs) I'm under your influence. Being influenced right now. But just wanted to address it. And uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about on TikTok, it's at the video bunker. Um, And on Instagram, it's at the video underscore bunker, uh, which you can find that on our Instagram. It's in all the tags. But just want to address that real fast before we got into the normal, uh, you know, program. Now, are you ready for a dead time story? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a very good Crypt Keeper. That was more like my old Mine bitch. wasn't good. <laughs> I could try again. Are you ready? For... <laughs> are you ready for a dead time story? Hello, I... boys and ghouls. There you go. It's that got... was good. <laughs> so is it like there's a British twang to it? Like maybe. Hello, boys yeah. and ghouls. <laughs> Give us, give us your crypt keeper. Uh, no, nope. you, you have to at least try. Come I on. can't. I can't. I feel like yours hey. was a scary old British person. Yeah. <laughs> My buddy who sings for the Lurking Corpses, his name's Shane. Uh, he does a great crypt keeper. He does it on stage too. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have that in me. So yeah, again, we're talking about Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, uh, directed by Ernest Dickerson, who directed Juice and a movie that I fucking love, Surviving the Game. Love that movie. Yeah. Fucking That's love one it. of my favorite, like, hunting humans movies. Dude. Like, Ice-T is obviously a huge I don't think point. there's a bear hunting humans movie unless you count Predator. That's like Prime <laughs> Gary. That's like Prime Gary Busey, too. It's Have so you good. seen Turkey Shoot? Yeah. That's good. <sighs> but or, Surviving uh, the Game has Ice-T yeah. and yeah, Gary Busey. It's true. A fun fact about Ernest R. Dickerson and is he, uh, he, actually, yeah. he actually went to college with Spike Lee. He was roommates with him, and so yeah. in turn, he was the cinematographer on, on Do a few the Right Spike Thing. Spike Lee joints? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on Do the Right Thing, which I somehow had never seen, even though I'm really into his other movies. Um, but yeah, I finally started watching that the other day. I was like, man, this is really fucking good. Well, uh, in addition to uh, directing Surviving the Game and um, Juice, he also did uh, Bones with Snoop Dogg, oh. which... Is better than you might think. I've I've heard some people talk shit on that movie. I think it's pretty fun. I've never seen it. It's worth checking out. He directed uh, nine episodes of Dexter, and uh, uh, like multiple seasons of The Walking Dead, right? Yeah, like, and he directed a lot of episodes of Walking Dead when it was still actually good in the first two seasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he uh, uncredited. He did a lot of the uh, second unit work on Day of the Dead, uh, which is pretty cool because like yeah. he knew savini or nick or one of those guys and they're like hey we need help for second unit shit and he shot like i guess the footage of the alligator in the very beginning that's just like roaming the streets like outside mm-hmm. that movie theater like he shot that he's the cameraman for that shot. oh crazy so that's that's kind of cool um he also did a cinematography on some episodes of the tales from the dark side show so he has some horror cred for sure uh, I I do assume that he probably crossed paths with uh, CCH Pounder more than once on a <laughs> police television drama. Yeah. For I did see that there was a lot of that in both of their filmographies. Just like just like the random NCIS episode or CSI yeah. episode. SVU, Hill Street Blues. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch cops do stuff they might do. Yeah, she's she's usually like a like a a social worker of some kind, like in yeah. those, you know, coming to take the child out of the terrible home. <laughs> right. 
Um, and this, this film, of course, was spawned by the hugely successful television series Tales from the Crypt, which uh, ran on HBO from 89 through 96. Um, and the show was adapted from various comics that were published by EC Comics in the 50s. This movie, however, was not adapted from one of those comics. Uh, this was an original story written by Ethan Reef, Cyrus Voris, and Mark Bishop. Mark Bishop, I feel like Nate would appreciate he wrote Escape from Safe Haven, because I know you like your like Escape from New York kind of exploitation I films. haven't seen that. Oh. How old is that movie? Mm, probably like late 80s, maybe 87, 88. Huh. I'll look into it. I do like those kinds of movies. Um, but uh, yeah, and the script, the script's been floating around like it was floating around in the 80s, like just went through various, you know, rewrites, rewrites and didn't feel attached and they drop off the project and it just made its way to uh, the table because, um, you know, Tilsman Crypt was kind of winding down since it ended in 96 and this movie came out in 95. And I think uh, they kind of saw the writing was on the wall and they thought they would keep the brand alive by making, you know, a series of horror films. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can snatch up various scripts, we can produce these, we can throw the Tales from the Crypt name on it and have them come out mm-hmm. every year. And how cool is it that it opens with that sequence of the oh. like a, the Danny Elfman score and it's approaching the house oh, yeah. and creeping up? And I don't know. I just remember getting so excited when that was coming on because sometimes I didn't know if I'd catch it. You know, they, it moved around time slots a little yeah. bit and it's just like when it actually, and there was no way to really reference it unless you're like a TV guide subscriber or something. You were just sort of like, it's Saturday and it's midnight. I hope it comes on or what. I can't remember what time slot it was in, but there's yeah, a Richard yeah. Elfman credit in there too. I wrote it down earlier, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. Richard Elfman. Yeah. I uh I didn't see this whole movie on the big screen, but I imagine if you have seen this on the big screen 95, how fucking rad it would have been to see those opening credits just on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, and the music pounding. You know, it's like, this is sweet. I saw parts... CCH pounding through the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I saw part of this on the big screen. I can't remember what movie I was at, but I was at some movie 95 with my folks, and uh, I went to the bathroom quote unquote a couple times just so I could go watch parts of quote unquote yeah when do you go to jerk yeah. off or something what are you, doing, what are you in doing in there well no that's why I, said, I mean I told him I was going to the bathroom but I was really just going and watching oh, demon night okay oh. <laughs> much less lewd yeah yeah but you just saw somebody last year Nate like you hadn't seen yeah it before. not just like last year but like a couple months ago and it's super weird because my brother whom you might not know this about me I lived with him growing up <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> and Whoa. he just never really mentioned it. I remember him I remember him having it on the shelf. I always remember the logo and I always remember thinking like what's with the knight with the K? And it's like <laughs> like I thought like is it a demon knight like a old medieval knight with like you know what I mean? Mid- medieval demon. I didn't quite understand what it was, but it doesn't make any sense because I fucking loved Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Like, I have I have all the DVD sets, and if I ever find tapes, I buy them. If I buy, find comics, I buy them. Yeah. And there's no reason at that exact time that I shouldn't have been super into this, but it just didn't didn't cross my path for so, some reason. But there's movies that I remember being obsessed with that my brother doesn't remember <clears throat> ever seeing, too. So it just happens. Did you see this in theaters, Hogan? No. Was it powder? Powder? <laughs> it was not powder. <laughs> okay. You sure? Is I'm, just, guy who made I'm powder, just gonna frequently ask throughout and just curious. Was the guy who made powder the creepy guy who made Clown House in Jeepers Creepers? <sighs> so after the credits, they jump into a story, like out of the gate. And this story um feels the most like the Tales from the Crypt show of anything in the movie. 
Uh, it's a lady's talk on the phone to some random person, presumably her lover, talking about she just murdered a man. Like, it sounds like she murdered her husband, which is a very, you know, Tales from the Crypt EC comic story. She says the killing him was almost as almost better than sex. And then you can hear him go. <laughs> and she's like, I said almost. Uh, yeah. And she's like, and, you it's know, very she, breathy. Yeah. She's in, you know, her her sexy 90s underwear and <laughs> rolling around on the bed. High waisted panties. Long butt. It, Lo- yeah, those, the, yeah, those undies that just make it look like you have a really long ass. Um, so then she, uh, you know, gets butt naked and starts taking a bubble bath. And we see the corpse in question. And you see her boobs a bunch oh, prior yeah. to the corpse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a her pretty... boobs are floating around that bubble bath. Yeah. And uh, you see the corpse is in the bathtub in the basement in, like, acid or something. Yeah. And of course, it comes shambling up the stairs. And it's awesome. It's like he's kind of stumbling and slamming into the wall. And when he slam- slams into the wall, you hear it go like, and yeah. like it leaves a like the, chunk he, of he like gore the door. on the wall. Oh, yeah. He yeah. puts his hand on something like one of his fingers rips off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you'd think he'd be able to just like roundhouse kick his head off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she might not be in a roundhouse mood. She's relaxing in the bath. Yeah. You know? It's hard to roundhouse kick when you're covering bubbles. It is. Uh, but he comes in the room. He's about to kill her, and then all of a sudden we get cat. And uh, you <laughs> know, it's a movie within a movie. It's a movie in a movie. It's oh, being directed shit. by our old pal, the Crypt Keeper, once again voiced by the always great uh, John Cassius. And it doesn't have Robert Deadford in it. <laughs> yes. Um, so he, yeah, he's making a movie. He's talking about how he's going Hollywood. I love you see him walking around that bizarre effect where it's like, yeah. it's also and really, it shows the two feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also really, uh, really bad, like CGI though, too, because if you see his collar, you can see the reflection from the green screen hood the actor was wearing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's super fun. Oh, and we discovered the corpse is a uh, was it John Larroquette in his cameo, mm-hmm. <laughs> old Dan Fielding himself from Night Court. <sighs> Got to bring it back to Night Court when possible. So it's like, oh, we're really in an episode of the show now. You know, it's the opening, you know, wraparound, like you always get on every episode of the show, where he introduces the story. Um, you know, we call this one Demon Knight or whatever. And then, oh, and then he says, Fright, camera, <laughs> action. Yes. Which he should have said, Haction. Yeah. Classic Crypt Keeper puns, you know? Would it have been too much? Uh, probably. I mean, <laughs> I, but, yeah. but I think isn't most things Crypt Keeper says too puns. much. <laughs> yeah, one pun per line. Uh, so, the, oh, and I was going to shout out that the opening scene is directed by Gil Adler. It's not directed by uh, Ernest. The opening stuff shot by Gil Adler, who directed a bunch of episodes of the show. Makes um, sense. It feels like the show. So it has, it has a different look and vibe, which is cool. Um but yeah, so then uh, we open on a cold, spooky highway in a high-speed car chase, and you know it's 1995 because Filters, Hey Man, Nice Shot, plays yeah. Mother... Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, 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 You know that dude's uh, brother is the T-1000, right? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> No shit. Look at look at him sometime. You'll be like, oh fuck, they look the same. Oh, huh. If you uh, watch, if you have like any of the like behind the scenes footage from T uh, two, the what's is the T one thousand Robert Patrick is that his name? Yes, Agent Doggett. He's um, in one of the movies Vinegar Syndrome is putting out next month. Oh, it's nice. Like the one nineties one they've done so far this year that I'm kind of interested in checking out. It looks very cool. It's like a it's like a scalps kind of thing where they okay. like dig up an Indian burial ground and then some 
it might be him, but someone gets possessed by the Native American spirits and starts ready, like cutting scalps and shit. So uh, I'll, I'll grab that, that in the halfway out. sale when I do the subscription. Um, but oh yeah, in the T two, if you look at any like behind the scenes stuff or interviews for T two, he's wearing a nine inch nails pin because that dude from Filter was like the guitarist in the original lineup of nails. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. It's just a fun trivia fact if you didn't. Yeah. I uh, didn't know that. <laughs> I wish I didn't meet you or and something. And that song's about Bud Dwyer. Is it? Yeah. yeah he blew his fucking brains so. out. Well, there you go. Trivia for this. It's worth mentioning it because they played the whole song like twice in this opening <laughs> yeah. credits. I swear to God. Or the song ends in like the, there's like a flaming car accident, like explosion. And then like the song just starts back up. It's like, Jesus. Not to jump way ahead, but. During the end credits, it plays two entire songs. That's how many people were involved in the making of this movie. <laughs> I sat through the whole credits, and it was two entire songs with no editing. I was like, wait, is there another song starting? And then just like more names. Okay, now it's the special effects people. Oh, man. The special effects in me are good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in the car chase, we're introduced to, uh, you know, the two main characters in this film breaker played by William Sadler. Fuck um, yeah. Who I, I know the most from being Colonel Stewart in Die Hard two and uh death in the bill and Ted journey part two and three. He's get also that in Stewart that ass in Die Hard two. He's also in that new movie VFW and he's awesome in that. Mm-hmm. that I mean, he's great movie. in Shawshank Redemption. He's great in the mist. He's um, in the green mile too. So three Stephen King movies. Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, and Nate, because you love Steven Seagal so much, I may know this. He's the senator in Hard to Kill. That's right. And you can take that to the bank. <laughs> that's what that's his line in it. Like, Isn't he in that's Freaked how also? Steven Seagal recognizes him as he hears him on the TV saying, You can take that to the bank, and he remembers that he said that in the film he was at the beginning of the movie, what causes this whole family to get massacred. This um, episode of The Fright Zone is now about Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal's hard to kill. There's a lot of great villains in Seagal movies. William I? Sadler's also the president in uh, Iron Man 3. Oh. So Breaker, William Sadler, he's being chased by a character we only know as The Collector, played by Billy Zane in what is probably his greatest role. Facts. I, I mean, I would say it's his greatest role. He's probably best known as the villain in Jimmy Cameron's Titanic um, and the guy who took Audrey Horn's virginity on Twin Peaks. He's really good in that Dead Calm movie. Have Dude, you seen Dead Hogan Calm? Hogan was talking about that so, the other day when we were at the There's two fucking boat movies within the same, like within 10 years that he did. He did that Dead Calm, Dead Calm with Sam Neill. And then Kelly, is it Kelly LeBrock? Is that that actress's name? From Weird Science? Uh, I think her. And it's another fucking boat movie. Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science is uh, in Hard to Kill. Man. That's, oh, yeah, that's how they met. Well, that's how they met because she was married to Seagal She forever. builds the, oh, okay. the 2x12 punching be- board for him. And she was married to him until like she talked to him. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I need a divorce. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Man, oh wait, he doesn't this like other movie is called all. Survival Island, and it's like him and his wife and a like a skipper. He takes them out, you know, for a three hour tour or whatever, and they get stranded a there. And she ends tour. up having an affair with like the skipper on the island that they're stranded on, and he fucking strangles is the this skipper dude. Billy Zane. No, Billy Zane's her husband. Billy Zane's her husband. Okay, he strangles this dude. And then one day while he's out fishing, you know, for food or whatever, a huge yacht comes by and she swims out to it and leaves his ass deserted on the island. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's pretty great. What's that one? Survival Island. Huh. I want to see it. I've not seen that. It it's, sounds awesome. It's weird. It's definitely like it's got some like Cinemax like vibes to it, though. Skin- sure. Skinemax? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and now that I heard you say that about 
Billy Z, you should check out Dead Calm because you would say that like that's either his best role or his second best role because he's really oh, good in that. He's so yeah. fucking he's good in, in this. He's got a good layered kind of. Hey, what about the Phantom? His superhero movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's, the he's in that. He's the Phantom. Oh yeah. my god! I only kind of saw part of it once. That movie. It was supposed to be Bruce Campbell. Really? He that like I would have probably seen like it. He, that. It, was, cool. it was like the eleventh hour. Basically, he didn't get it. According to Billy Zane, though, his favorite role that he's ever played. I, I mean, he he's obviously having a fucking blast doing it. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, those, he's got like this like those dream sequences. It's like an, those are fucking oh, awesome. Yeah, it's some like, of the best parts. It's like a. Movie. But I feel like he's having so much fun. It's it's almost like an evil mismatch of like the MTV Freddy Krueger and Beetlejuice. Like it has this weird, like just silly kind of, fun. It's so cool. You I'm know, surprised but it's also gory and yeah. cool. I'm surprised he didn't get picked up by like Liz Claiborne to do voiceover work, you know, selling perfume after he this. Has a we don't know voice, that he man. didn't. It's true. <laughs> I don't know that that stuff goes on IMDb. I think that goes just like in to the, the garbage bin. <laughs> um, uh, so the the so so it's still so it's opening credits, um, and they're in this car chase, and it ends in a fiery explosion. Uh, Breaker gets out of the car, stumbles out, looks at his hand, and he has these like glowing tattoos of stars, and they start spinning all around on his palm. I bet everyone was super jealous of the costume designer because his name flashes like right when the car explodes, <laughs> and then it says costume designer, and it's like whoa, like everyone's gonna remember his name, but I don't remember it though. <laughs> So uh, Breaker runs off to a, a nearby cafe and tries to pick a lock of a car with his knife. And uh, I love I love this little kid comes out. Is that little kid not Danny? That's later. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But did, so who's his hit, dad? He goes, hey, dad, someone's trying to steal your car. So they're, they're two. They're the two demons in the basement that like pop out. Yeah. Later oh, on. Oh, they, like, okay. cut, they cut out a whole subplot with then them. That, yeah. It just comes the out of nowhere. Dude, Roach comes running yeah. out. And He's I'm like, cook. is that the dad? Yeah. Well, the, the, the other the two first two, you see out of the restaurant. Scene. Yeah. So they just cut his characters. Well, what I love is that the kid catches him, like, trying to break in the car. And I love that the way he tries, like, it'd be super intimidating if you're kicking out this dude and, like, clad in leather, has a fucking knife. And, you know, <laughs> you don't like, say anything. You, you want, want a brand new quarter? But that's the best part. <laughs> he tries to get him. He gets the arms of a fucking quarter to be like, cool. Like, like, it's okay. I'm just testing the lock. You want a quarter? He's yeah. like, what the fuck? That'd be more frightening. <laughs> well, yeah, that means he's trying to get close to you. And yeah. Next thing he's going to do is offer me a huffy in the back of his van. Yeah, yeah. You know? Or in the back of my dad's car. Yeah, what was he going to do if he actually took the quarter? I, could, I don't know. <laughs> no, go just, buy a gumball, kid. another movie. A slight twist of the neck, and you're done. <laughs> it's tough work being a demon knight. <laughs> and if he had been able to obtain the car, we wouldn't have this the whole rest movie. of the movie. <laughs> like either it would have happened somewhere else down the road, or he was just he would have gotten away uh, for another hundred years. So, so he offers the car to the kid, and the kid <laughs> runs inside to get his parents. And then his parents and uh, the cook Roach come out. Uh, Roach is uh, Tom Saint Church, um, who at the time was best known for Wings. And he gained more notoriety as an actor, a serious actor later on with Sideways. And uh, people probably remember him also from the worst Sam Raimi movie, Spider-Man Part 3, where he played the villain, the Sandman. Lowell, wasn't that his name in Wings? He was like the mechanic? Yeah, he's the dumb mechanic with a heart of gold. (laughs) (laughs) I actually remember nothing about that show except that it was on the air. (laughs) Yeah, I remember like 
it was it would play on my TV occasionally when I'd be like waiting for something else to be on, and I would walk in and out of the room, and I'd be like, "There's some people talking in an airport. I guess I'll go make some pizza rolls." <laughs> and then I'd come back and be like, "Looks like they're still talking in the airport." Yep. <laughs> it's like Wings and uh, Murphy Brown are two like sitcoms that were big in the '90s that I don't fucking I couldn't tell you anything about the shows. I, I remember they were successful. Murphy Brown. I only I remember one episode of Murphy Brown, and it was so. This was like shortly after Paul Rubens had his like you know his incident or whatever. The one time he ever masturbated. Yeah, <laughs> only once, the only time. And uh, <laughs> it was like a huge thing that they had him on as a guest, and he was supposed to be Murphy Brown's cousin. And I don't know, he got like embarrassed and crawled up into the rafters, like. And That's pretty the, funny, though. Spent the entire episode in the rafters. I mean, Paul Rubens is uh, pretty fucking great. No, he's great. Yeah. And people jerk off. Get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, as a kid, I didn't understand that he did that in a por- pornographic theater either. So as a kid, it sounded way creepier to me because I thought he was just like at like, he's just like, at, he's like, you know, just watching well, a powder movie. and he's just beating it like yeah, mad. Right. You know, I, but it's like, oh, he was Ooh, jerking off at a porno theater. Like, that's what you're supposed I think that's to do, what isn't it? Other people do. You know? I've never yeah. been to one. I missed that. Window. I was too young. You guys want to go tonight? <laughs> they don't exist. And I'm it. I'll do it. Yeah. What's weird about that though is I saw. Into the I, saw lines, I don't know if it was like a documentary specifically about this or like one of those like micro documentaries on uh, like on YouTube or something. But the sheriff from that town said that which is this called is, Wormwood, right? Oh no, I'm talking about Paul Rubens jerking oh, off. Where he jerked off the <laughs> yeah, town. Yeah. I was like, I was like, why did you take notes about Paul Rubens jerking off? He's having this movie. <laughs> yeah, just, it's like, you know, you're like, we are fucking linked right now. <laughs> yeah. I just knew we were going to talk about Paul Rubens being in this yeah. episode. But no, the sheriff apparently knew that he could, I mean, because they were in between seasons filming, you know, uh-huh. and he active like they, the sheriff's department actively sought him out because they wanted to make a big deal out of it to discourage other people from doing the exact same thing. Really? You know, from and it's like, at the park that's kind of fucked up. Like, so you just targeted. ruined that dude's career, you know? Yeah. Like, He's still specific- doing okay now. Well, I know. Just for a few years. Do you yeah. know they just announced they're doing a, a two-part uh, Paul Rubens documentary on HBO? Love that. I saw that. I, I haven't am, seen it. I saw uh, it. I mean, they just announced they're doing it. I, I'm pumped, dude. I yeah. like Pee Wee I think Pee Wee's yeah. fucking funny, man. Yeah, my kids like it, too. I play yeah. Pee Wee for my kids all the time. They ask for it, and I can't handle more than, like, two episodes. Yeah. But, after, you know, it's just like... Well, it's not something you're going to binge, but it is it is fun. Yeah. Well, I know you told me before how you were so sad that you lost your complete Pee Wee Herman playset and all your figures and shit, yeah, right? Yeah, that's like they, a traumatic they were actually, thing. They were actually my dad's. Uh, for some reason, he got really into it, and he got the playhouse and all the guys, and he would, had it set up in his office when he was a vice president of advertising at the Des Moines Register. <laughs> and uh, he, I inherited it at some point, and I moved into a rental house. It was like the second rental house, third. It was the third rental house I ever lived in, and I was storing all my random shit that I didn't know where I was going to put it in the basement because there was, wasn't a lot of space and we were sh- I had like two roommates or whatever and I stuck it up there's like concrete brick embankment with a little bit of a crawl space that's a about little two nook. feet deep that goes all the way around and I just sort of loaded that up first because mm-hmm. at least it wasn't on the floor in case it gets right. water Yeah. and when I was moving out I was just in kind of a hurry because we were having it in with the landlord and stuff and uh, you spaced, just they were forgot there. it and it was like couple days later i was like did i grab that and i immediately knew i did not grab that you didn't even try to go back no no <laughs> that place sucked it's all right it happens the thing that sucks is that it's either still there and someone else is just like sleeping over it or it got thrown in a fucking dumpster 
Which it probably just, got thrown in a dumpster. You should just go to the house and ring the doorbell sometime and be like, hey, I, this might be a long shot, but I <laughs> yeah. lived here years ago. Funny story. And uh, these toys that were really dear to my father. And that. You should just... It's like that scene in Hard to Kill when he <laughs> when he hides his when camera. He hides the tape in the wall. In the wall <laughs> and he goes in and for some reason he, like, he opens the refrigerator door or the freezer and punches through the wall, which is not possible. <laughs> you cannot open a freezer door and punch through the wall behind it <laughs> that I know of. Go try. Anyone who's listening, go try. Open your freezer and try to punch through the Maybe wall. Maybe if you're on PCP. And he pulls I don't know. the It happened in the movie. Out. That's yeah, real, yeah. right? In real time. That was real footage. <laughs> this all ties really closely together. Oh, man. Hard to kill. <laughs> so, so after... <laughs> After Lowell from Wings runs outside and scares off Breaker, <laughs> he runs uh, and ends up in some like kind of warehouse area. And, and who? The legend himself, Dick fucking Miller, here playing Uncle Willie, is hanging out just drinking. Uncle Willie just wants to have a swilly. Uncle Willie rules. This is a great Dick Miller role. I feel There's like it's, a lot of Dick Miller time in this. Yeah, they, I mean, Dick Miller's always great. Yeah. But I feel like you get a little more from here than you do in other movies. Yeah. Not just speaking parts, but he's just like in scenes all the time where it's like, I'm so used to him being One the guy done. who says something and then they pan away yeah. and they like edit it out the other 20 minutes that he did. Right. I mean, we've mentioned, I mean, he's come up on this podcast before. We've mentioned him. Yeah. Um, come up did you guys watch that do- that Dick Miller documentary? No. What's it on? Uh, I know it's called That Guy Dick Miller. Yeah, That Guy Dick Miller. But I, think I don't it know. It was on Netflix on. for a while. Okay. Yeah, I don't know oh, if it still is or not. It's pretty I need interesting. To see this. Um, so for uh, listeners, Dick Miller, if you don't know who he is, you know who he is. Um, probably the most memorable roles where most people remember him from, like as far as like uh, mainstream films, the both the Gremlins films and Terminator. He's the guy Terminator who at the gun shop Terminator buys the guns from. Then he fucking ices him. Hey, Uzi can't load that in here, pal. Yeah, <laughs> wrong. Um, yeah, and the Burbs, uh, the Howling, Chopping Mall, Night of the Creeps, Piranha, Twilight Zone. I mean. White dog. Well, uh, what's the fucking movie you just made the shirt for with him? I just made a. Sh- oh yeah, yeah. yeah uh, made- bucket of blood. Bucket of blood. Yeah, yeah. He's that one. If you want some serious Dick Miller time, he's <laughs> like the, he's Dick the Miller. lead in it, and he likes drinking in that one too. The stories I think he tells he might in just like drinking in real life. Yeah, <laughs> he, he makes them write that in. The stories he tells in that are really interesting. Just like his uh, his start in the industry, you know, how much he worked, and then how it. He was like started as like a leading man and then just became like a side character, you know, almost immediately. Yeah, but he's like, I almost made more money working less time. You well, know, a quick yeah, yeah. Uh, cruise through his IMDb and notice he goes by the name Walter Paisley in a fuck ton of movies he was in. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's like it's like Walter Paisley, Walter Paisley, Walter Paisley. Uh, quick side note: <laughs> Do you, this actor Peter Spellos? Have you seen him in anything? Uh. Uh-uh. This dude, he's another actor. So he's in <gasps> Sorority House Massacre Two. He uh he pops up in all sorts of shit as a character actor, but he's he always playing the same character, familiar. Orville Ketchum. Really? Yeah. Much like Walter Paisley or yeah. whatever. It's so strange. That's interesting. So you can show up on set all lit up, no matter none. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I'll do the movie, but you have to call me Walter Paisley. That's all I can answer. Was that a decent Dick Miller? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> uh Major Pain? He's in Major Pain? No, I was asking, was it Major Pain? That you were watching. When you went to not go jerk off, but no. to go watch Demon okay. Knight instead. No, I was. I, swing I, was like, I was like, I have no recollection of Dick Miller being. He's trying to come up with swinging a miss. I'll try again later. <laughs> Ninety-five. Um. So. So, anyways, so uh, Breakers runs into Uncle Willie, uh, Dick Miller, at this warehouse drinking, and he asks him for a drink. They share a drink together, and then he's like, 
do you know a place I can stay tonight? So, of course, Dick Miller takes him to a, a place to stay. So we cut back to the flaming car accident on the highway. Two cops are inspecting the scene when Billy Zane, just walks the collector, out of the fire. just walks out of nowhere. <laughs> and they're like, and they're even like, where do you come from? Airbags. Gotta he's love like, him. He's like, yeah. airbags gotta love him. Yeah. It's like, you were driving <laughs> that thing? <laughs> <laughs> that scene's great. Yeah. And they cut back to William Breaker arriving at the mission, a church that was converted into a boarding house. And they go inside, and we meet the folks who inhabit it. So this is the rest of the cast here. Uh, we got Irene, the owner, played by CCH Pounder. Booyah. Carol, Christine, Hilaria, who is another one of those people like Dick Miller. You know them if you don't know who they are, because she's been in so many damn things. Um, I, I have a list. I have Millennium, uh, Jimmy Cameron's Avatar, uh, End of Days, Nate. You just got yeah, the novel. I she's did. in End of Days. And I actually uh, pulled my tape, because I'm going to rewatch and then read that nice because i like doing them close to each other she's in face off she was in the most recent godzilla um you know i like comic nerd superhero shit she plays a character named amanda waller in all the dc animated stuff like she's a recurring character over like probably 15 years of cartoons hmm. um she's on episode of the x-files she's in the worst fred decker movie robocop 3 uh ncis svu who fucking knows the list goes on did I miss something important there? <laughs> CCH Pounder is in the best uh, musical cop drama, Cop Rock. Huh. See, I didn't Which, have that. if you haven't seen it, it's Law and Order with musical numbers. Really? Holy it's shit. fucking genius. Wow. I'm imagining. <laughs> Does CCH sing? Yeah. Dude, It's tw- it, it was a TV show. What? <laughs> it, it was 20 episodes. All the music, by the way, this will blow your mind, created by Randy Newman. Whoa. So it's like Brock CCH Pounder. <laughs> you're talking she's about. She's walking down the stairs. Now she's walking up the stairs. Dude, I hate Randy Newman. It's, dude, you're talking Worst about Toy Story. This you're talking about two songs. full songs at the end of uh, at the at the end of this movie. Well, that fucking show has just Randy Newman play a three and a half minute song as the intro. Yeah. It's what? so good. I feel like did and you, like they rap. Did you get like a bootleg oh set of this or something? Yeah, I I feel like you mentioned it one time at the shop once. Dude, they, they rap. Shop There's like classical tunes. Somebody like sells her baby for crack, and then they sing about it. It's so bizarre. I want to fucking see this movie. You need to see it. Fuck yeah! Or not movie. TV show. Yeah, TV show. How There's many seasons? Only one. <laughs> I can't see why not. Yeah, the network was like, eh, we tried. The the worst Randy Newman line that I can call to memory is, I don't know. It's Strange Things from Toy Story One. My it's kids so got into strange the movie enough that things. a couple of the songs ended up on their playlist. I, I like Pixar movies. Okay. I just no songs would be in there. And there's that line that's like, then from out of the sky came some little punk with a rocket. It's like <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> a punk. A punk? Like a punk rocker? Like a guy that's getting butt-fucked yeah. in a prison? Because that's what a punk is. That's what I would think Randy Newman would think a punk is. Yeah. But maybe he's really into the buzzcocks. I don't fucking know. I would pay good money to hear a Randy Newman cover album of buzzcocks. Like, yeah, yeah. You tried it for once, fight all right for kicks. <laughs> it's a habit that sticks. I'm not quite Bob Dylan, Newman. <laughs> Uh, then we <laughs> so another character we meet besides Irene CCH uh, Cordelia a prostitute with a heart of gold played by Brenda Bakke oh one thing we left out oh. about Billy Zane gets up in the cops faces they do that whole thing but then he convinces the cops 
that they need to go help him obtain a relic. Yes, it's like an, key an, an antiquity in, or something. Antiquity, yeah, yeah. Um, from William Sadler's character. Yes, and so at that he point, for some reason, the cops. the cops with like other than the fact that they all have hats. I think the idea is, <laughs> I think we're supposed to believe that he's like a bounty hunter or yeah. some kind of law enforcement. He presents yeah. himself like, yeah, the man who responds for his car accident is dangerous. Which, you know? to yeah. be honest, he's very believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks more. Like, Sadler looks more dangerous than Billy Zane. I mean, does. I think we've yeah. already, I think we've kind of already established the vibe, people. Um, that Billy nice Zane's Stetson. the bad guy in this movie. But honestly, the first time you see it, I don't know if it's super clear to you that way too. Like, I, I think it's kind of ambiguous who's the hero and who's the villain up right. front at first, for sure. You know, because like that moment with him picking the lock and trying to give the kid a cord and stuff. Like, you don't really have any reason to think either of them is, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Billy who? Zane kind of comes off like he's the handsome, like good guy, like chasing down. He the, also just the kind of guy. inherently looks evil, though. Zane, yeah. The reason I thought it was the way that it is is because it's a Tales from the Crypt story. Yeah, and everything is sort of backwards in a Tales from the Crypt story, yeah, totally. all the way back into the comics. And there's always this kind of like they like to surprise you. Oh yeah. So I, I was like, you start to wait for it and look for surprises. Um. Uh, Yes. So so uh, Cordelia is the prostitute uh, played by the prostitute, the Harv Gold uh, Cordelia, played by Brenda Baki, who is in Death Spa and Hot Shots Part Two, And she plays Lana Turner in L.A. Confidential. Bunch of solid jams. Uh, and then we get Wally, a disgruntled mailman, played by Charles Flesher, best known as the voice of Roger Rabbit. Who and- looks an awful lot like it's Pat. Totally. That's all I could think the whole time with the tucked in light blue button down shirt. It's like, why don't you think I'm attractive? He is a he has a small role in Bad Dreams, but he was also the voice of BB in Deadly Friend. Yes, and he's the doctor at the sleep clinic in Nightmare on Elm Street. Look at all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to Jerry Lin- Jerry Lynn. Everyone says her name differently in the movie. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, an ex-con working as a janitor slash handyman of sorts, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, um, best known for *Men's to Society*, *The Matrix* sequel, *Scream 2*, *Night Professor*, *Set It Off*, and being married to Big Willie himself, Will Smith. <laughs> She's really good in this fucking movie too. Yeah. Like she really does. She has a presence. Like I mean, it's not shocking that she want to be. You know, a star of this, sorts. This movie and, you know, Tales from the Crypt in general has strong female characters. Oh, absolutely. Which is not a always common thread mm-hmm. in horror movies, even though you can say that and then you can say, well, there's always this the final girl thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, well, if there's always a final girl, then there is always yeah. a strong female character. But it's not always like this where they actually like try. It's like sometimes they just coincidentally are the last one alive because they happen to slide through the cracks. Right. Yeah. Well, and there's multiple in this one, too. Yeah. You know? CCH Pounder is a bad ass. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, this. man. So so CCH Irene. Uh, so Breaker and, uh, you know, Uncle Willie come in and uh, meet all these characters. And Irene tells Breaker she doesn't rent short term. Breaker flashes a hundred dollar bill. Irene takes it and says she can make an exception. Dude, he's got it in her bra. Mm. He's got a wad of register. He has so working for Christ must be very lucrative. (laughs) And then the hooker with a heart of gold's like, "Hmm, hmm, hmm, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah. While he's talking to Cordelia about how he got fired because he lost a bag of mail and he's real bummed about it. Uh, 
Geraldine is too busy to put the sheets on Cordelia's bed. So then Wally, who's obviously swearing her, he offers to go put them on. She's not too busy, though. She's just sitting around the corner. She's just <laughs> sitting slightly out of sight, not doing anything. She doesn't want to be in this shithole town, man. She wants to travel the world. She wants to see Paris. She wants to go. <laughs> and at some point she says, damn guacamole stains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, dude, yeah. there's so many fucking great one-liners in this movie. I, it was hard to pick a favorite line for this one for sure just what he needs someone else screwing him <laughs> uh they cut back to the cops and the collector who are driving around um kind of like uh, nate was saying they're, they're having a conversation and um the cops just can't believe he survived that crash yeah it's like you had to be going over 100 miles per hour yeah you know um he tells him he's chasing a thief who stole something he has to retrieve he doesn't he won't tell him what it is and then that's when they get a call from the cafe re- reporting the attempted car theft um, and we go back to the mission. The gang's eating some green gruel. <laughs> and this maybe is... that's the guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, this, this is that great CCH pounder line. But Cordelia provocatively like lays out on the table and she tells Breaker she'll take care of dessert. And the cat jumps on the table. And Irene yells, get that pussy off the table. And she jumps off the table. Yeah. And she's like, I was I'm talking the about the cat. Yeah, I was talking about the cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. And then Roach shows up. Roach strolls in, ready for his like, date with Cordelia. Yeah, yeah. He's just ready to slam. And, you what know, they it? start doing that uncomfortable thing where they make out in front of everybody and they look at each other and act like they're basically fucking, except they're not like penetrating, <laughs> but they're fucking like the way they're, they're like touching and fucking. kissing. <laughs> and then they take off. And <laughs> I mean, uh, it's true. It's straight up like. Wally, get those sheets ready. Like it's, this is like his dream girl. It's like get the sheets ready because basically, like homeboy Roach's bus <laughs> is going to be splattered all over that. He's going to ruin her. And then they're all like hanging out in the little lobby area, yeah. and for some reason, the room is directly above where they're hanging out. So. Then they're all smirking at each other like they're really going at it tonight. Yeah, they they say something like like old Roach is really holding on for dear life oh, tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, they, yeah, and um, and he mentions though that he's late because some guy was trying to steal his boss's car, which we know is you know Breaker. Yeah, um, and that in that moment, that's when Irene kind of steps out of the room and she calls the cops because you know she she's kind of put together that like this seedy looking guy that has tons of hundred dollar bills that just showed up and he's he offered that kid a fucking quarter yeah dude <laughs> if you got that kid a hundo he'd be like yes that sir that would have been the end uh, of that dude problem. 1995 a quarter went a long way that kid would have gone <laughs> you gave that kid a hundred bucks he would have gone in and stolen his dad's car keys and given them to you <laughs> fact hundred bucks by the way uh, what does cch pounder have in her mouth the entire time i've been trying to figure it out was it a match was it like a black and mild like Looked like an action figure's arm to me. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was, it was. I thought she had a little cigar or something. It was like a snake eyes arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sheriff arrives real fast, um, and uh, when they walk, when they come strolling in, Breaker pulls out a switchblade and he puts a Geraldine's throat. And uh, at which point it's like, oh, he's not going to kill her. I know he's not going to kill her because he knows Billy the Dane, backstory yeah. of. He character. knows he's a good dude. Yeah. I have to go to the bathroom all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, do it. That wasn't me going to the bathroom. That <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, dude, we just got a bidet. Yeah, uh, you just, yeah, you'll figure it out. Just look at the knob. He's going to poop. Yeah. I'm going to take a break and stretch my legs for a minute. All right, we're we're getting back to it now. Nate's back from I've never I've never done a post-rinse. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it would be a first for me. I hope you have to take a shit later after we eat pizza. Me too. I hope you have to take a shit as well, because it is awesome. (laughs) How'd it treat you? So I was worried initially that I was going to end up in some sort of like 90s comedy scenario where like my pants are around my ankles and the water spray into the ceiling, like a dumb and dumber kind of thing. You're going to have to soak it up, throw them out the window. And some of that might have been that I just saw that for some reason they're making an Ace Ventura 3. Yep. Not necessary. Um and I, I could see that happening to him in that. But it's uh, it has a temperature gauge, which is interesting. You can only get cold water, though, because I did not run the hot water line from the sink. That's a it lot of been effort. Laying, it been, well, it just looked unsightly in there. I just had this huge hose coming from the sink, rolling all the way over to it to get the hot. Yeah, right. So I'm just using the cold. That's but I think the cold's invigorating, is it not? It is. A little spritz yeah. wakes you up. Mm. I mean, if you're having trouble waking up, you could just go in there, no pooping, and just blast it. <laughs> Full throttle. You're thirsty too. It's pretty good. <laughs> thirsty work. Oh man. Ah, uh, so where were we? The sheriff is there. Uh, the collector's there. The sheriff's deputy Bob is there. Uh, Breaker has the knife to Geraldine's throat. Yes, that's right. He was calling the bluff. That's what one of you were saying. Yes, that's uh yeah the the collector. Um, who he says to the cops when they ask him what he does, everyone's kind of like, what do you do? And he says, I work for a collection agency. <laughs> and uh, they just buy it right out. And it, they also, he calls, yeah, he calls the bluff and the knife gets taken away. And then they start looking for and asking where the relic, I think they start with calling it a relic yeah. in the shape of a key. Uh, and the, I'm the collector looking for is not on Breaker's person, at which point the sheriff again demands to know what they're looking for and simply tells him a piece of antiquity. And unfortunately, our buddy Uncle Willie. <laughs> I know where it is. I, I saw him put it there. I didn't realize I saw him putting it there, but then I did. <laughs> I'm sorry, mister. <laughs> which like, how convenient to move the plot along. Like, I don't think we saw that at all, did we? No. <laughs> Unless that was also And why is that out. where he stashed it? He's like, I'll fucking put it here under this table. Yeah. Like, because they're going to look in your room. Yeah. You know, that would be the one thing. And then there's, of course, there like there always is, not in just real life, but in movies, there's a doofus cop. Bob. And it shows Bob walking down the hallway. <laughs> oh, and he, yeah. Like, he wiggles his gun out of his it. holster. Like, he could have, that thing could have gone off like five times in between the time he pulled it out and wiggled it. It's like it a huskier version of Barney Five. Yeah. He gets a hell of a lot more screen time than you think he's going to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he creeps up to the room where they're. They're fucking, and there's some crazy, yeah, jamming Pantera with like crazy uh, nipple zapping going on. He kicks on the door, it startles him, and it's like, yeah, it's like to a car battery. Yeah, it's like to a car battery. That's a great line too. He's like, he's like, I'll turn off my nipples. They're smoking. Yeah, because it's kind of like a lube job and a (laughs) tune-up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, When Bob's telling the sheriff, they cuts down to there, and they're interrogating. Make sure I, I I don't want to mess up names here. They're interviewing Breaker like he's a, a convicted felon. They know nothing yeah. about him. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, that's that's when they get the key out. Yeah, yes. that's right. Because they're like, where the fuck is it? And they slap him and push him. Uncle Willie uh, gets the key out. It shows it close up for the first time. And it's essentially a metal cast around a glass vial so it's like a flask with it has seven <laughs> stars of david on it mm-hmm. and then on the bottom part there's a key 
Like it looks just kind of like a skeleton key. And at first you don't know like what, if anything is in it or whatever, you just see what it is and they're passing it along to the collector. And, uh, as the sheriff, yeah, and the sheriff intercepts. He's walking them out. That's right, because he's like, just can you just dump out like, what's in there? Like, yeah, yeah. You just dump <laughs> yeah, whatever's right. in there. So just like, dump it. Hey, out. Ooh, what's that? It looks like you put some nasty stuff in that. Could you just go and dump that out for me real fast <laughs> and put it right here in the suitcase? That's how he says it too. He's like, oh, it's something you know, kind of gross in there. It's kinda, <laughs> he, looks kind of like Jesus's blood or something. He <laughs> opens the suitcase that has like it has like you know, it's like hollowed out just for the key. <laughs> right it's so good yeah and that's what yeah I, I, I'd skip that stuff I'm sorry I'd, and, I'd also like to point out that at this point in the movie we've not heard any tiger growls oh yeah no <laughs> though they run rampant throughout the rest of it I don't know if you notice it but the little like <laughs> stock rowers yes like more of those more of those please there, there's only a few more of those than there are flashbacks <laughs> the flashbacks are great though. yeah they are uh, just because the editing is so fast sure um, yeah, okay, so after all that good stuff, you know, and the collector's telling Willie to dump out the shit, that's when the sheriff gets the call that the cars were stolen. So he's going to... So he's them. taking them both in, because both the cars in the accident were stolen, so he no longer trusts the Billy Zane, um, and he's taking them in. This and, was great. I watched this with my wife had never seen it. Yes. And I just, like, didn't tell her anything that was going to happen. Nice. Just looking over at her when this happens was <laughs> It's <great>. amazing. <laughs> yeah, go on. Sorry. And, no, no. You, yo, <laughs> yeah, no. Lay out the scene for us. <laughs> um, and she had a lot of fun with this because, um, you know, we all, we've all we always liked watching Tales from the Crypt, and obviously it's going to have that vibe. Um, the strong female characters are also a big sell point, I think, for her. And then the uh, – yeah, it's just – it's fun. It's a fun-ass movie. So, yeah, then – they're walking out. The cops, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, <laughs> are walking the collector and Breaker out. And Billy Z turns around. Well, Breaker, well, Breaker goes, no, Sheriff, you don't know who you're dealing with. He's like, uh, it's true, Sheriff. You really wouldn't be doing this if you knew who I was. <laughs> yeah. He goes, we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, like, we'll get you down to the station and we'll shake this out. Yeah. But instead, he turns around and just punches the cop through the face, <laughs> up to the elbow. It's and wild looking. He's like trying to get him off, but he's like, so he punches somebody else with the cop's head. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, um, I think it, I wrote yeah, all like, this well, down. Well, there's a good chunk of time where his arm's just stuck yeah. in, in the, the head. And everyone's just sitting there screaming like, oh, my God. <laughs> when it happens, they cut the CCH pounder. Yeah. Irene. And she's like, Bleh! she spits out her food. And it's so funny. She has just great timing. It spits out that guac. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. It's like, while they're all in there screaming, Breaker's just like, fucking get these handcuffs off me. Yeah. It's kind of, it's not uh, unlike the scene in The Thing. When they turn and they're all on the bench with him. Yeah. 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 And they're all tied up. And they're like, get the fucking robot. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They're stuck. Uh, I wrote, punches cop through the face, rips off head, <laughs> punches with head throws head it's incredible <laughs> later they put head on corpse and move it yeah, yes dude. there's a lot they of stash it in the bathtub because you see it again at the very end of the movie yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so right. this might be a good point to call up because that uh, practical effects great the the effects man for the film kevin well kevin yeager was one of the people who worked on it well i thought kevin yeager got credit just <clears throat> because he created the original crypt keeper uh the way that he was listed in imdb as i read it is that he he had worked on. Um, I didn't write it down. Maybe I did. No, I didn't. He was the first credit that I saw, so I just kind of mm -hmm. assumed that he, yeah, yeah. he had worked on or done most of it. The main the main guy I saw was Todd Masters, who worked on 
28 episodes of the show. Um, Leprechaun 2, Fido, Snakes on a Plane. Um, and my favorite film that I saw in his film right was Slither, because I, I think Slither's fucking awesome. That's like one of the better horror films of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, I, God love Michael Rooker, dude. Put the Rook in almost anything, and he's you know enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to him, because these f- effects are just fucking awesome in this film. Um, and that's when Zane gets chucked outside. At which point, oh. well, go ahead. No, I, I wrote down the note from you said the head throw. He says, heads up. <laughs> he <throws laughs> heads, head. heads up. But that's when Breaker uh, gets loose and grabs the artifact and he just fucking slams it against Billy Zane's face. And that's what causes him to freak right. the fuck out. And he jumps out the window. That's right. And he says, oh, that's this, right, this is my the, line in the, the movie. The this. key burns him. Yeah. I've had it with this yeah. cowboy shit. Yo, dude, yes. It's, it's amazing. His rant, he says... <laughs> He says, fuck this cowboy shit. You fucking ho-dunk, po-dunk. Well, then, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's so good. And that's when you start to really see that he's a funny character. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's like, this is when he becomes that like weird, like MTV Frey Krueger meets Beetlejuice kind of thing. Yeah, like, he's just, playing like, this, like, straight wacky, up until then. You know, he's all over the place. But the way when he says that line, it's the way he kind of does a little jig when yeah. he's saying yeah. it. Yeah. Dances. It's so good, man. Yeah. Um, And then we get. So then we that's when we realize that this movie's going over the top because he cuts his hand open. He condemns he conde- the property. Yeah, he condemns the whole house. And uh, I wrote down hotel because it's like, is yeah. it a hotel? Is it a house? It seems kind of big for a house. Anyway, his blood is like a green goo, and it starts to make these kind of oh, yeah. craters in the ground that are bubbling and steaming. And then all of a sudden, these like awesome varying degrees of demons start to like rise up out, and they're like... It starts off, it shows like little kind of fetus ones, and then there's like these kind of suckling creature looking ones, and then full bodied people, like demon people. Which for the glue, I saw that they used over 300 gl- uh, glow sticks that they cut open. Whoa, oh, right? Yeah. And that shit's like toxic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to cut those open. It's like, well, we're on a budget. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love all the cool slimy demons with ponytails and facial piercings. <laughs> Just for that scene or the whole movie? The whole movie. Okay. I say there's a lot of neon glow stick action in this movie. There's a lot, though, just in that scene. You know, he's kind of like almost the way he's moving. It reminds me of like a like a priest. You know, he's like blessing the ground almost. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. After he cuts his hand open with his like demon crack nail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but after all those demons come to life and they look great, they're all like real skinny stuntmen on like stilts and they got like radio controlled uh, tails and stuff pretty cool mm-hmm. um but yeah that's when like the demons start jumping into the building and uh we as the audience discovered the only way to kill the demons is by shooting them in their eyes the first couple sh- shots they don't show that specifically they just show like a headshot yeah you're like oh is it kind of like a zombie thing mm-hmm. you know like are they gonna go that route and then yeah they more specifically like they show that one it might have happened in that scene where one gets decapitated yeah. but then comes back and still yeah. is fucking ah! with them Somehow it's pushing air through the face and creating sound, <laughs> which we won't get too into that. Uh, but Demon logic. Yeah, no. then it's like you have to gouge the eyes out. And then when you do, it shoots these like green beam lightning bolts. And that yeah. shit's fun, lasers. Man. Yeah. That's it, cool CGI. It's, it's great. If you're going to use like that, 
kind of effect that's a good way to use it well it's it, yeah it, it it has that old school like rotoscope kind of like did they like just animate that in the film or what like it's it's a really cool effect and it makes the film have its own unique style because like you're totally right at first it's like is this just another like zombie thing or they like vampires what the fuck is this you know yeah but then like it's different like oh no don't shoot him in the brain yes shoot him in the eyes yeah but then after shooting the eyes look the fuck out you're gonna need a duck which is cool not because yet. it really if you think about it it really uh that in the movie, it leans really heavy on the colors purple and green, which are obviously, you know, throughout the Tales from the Crypt all the time. But it really changed once they bring that in, it really changes the color. Oh, yeah. What the do they movie. say about the eyes? Why that is? They say why? It's something about the soul. They're the yeah. eyes to the soul. It's the entrance w- entryway to the soul. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I'm like, uh, and then Cor- Cordelia's freaked out by this and she makes a run for it. And then Wally, of course, runs outside to save her. Um, you know what they should have used? They should have used that battery with the nipple clamps to, you know, just take out the Walk demons. around and shove them in the demon's yeah, eyes. right. <laughs> if Pierre Jackson made it, that would have happened. Yeah. This movie actually kind of reminds me a bit of, like, Dead Alive or something. Like, the, the vibe of the action in it, it yeah. has, like, an Evil Dead 2 or, like, Dead Alive kind of feeling to me. Well, and some of the scenes are really messy, too, you mm-hmm. know? So it's got that feel. I liked the... Uh, the- the switchblade through the window into the head. Yeah. So like, you know, like Jada Pickett Smith's character is getting grabbed again, zombie style getting like grabbed through the window and it looks like they're going to drag her out. Yeah. But then Sadler comes up and saves her, which I think is kind of where their relationship starts. Yeah. It's like he saves her life. And then at that point, he never has to explain that he's the good guy to her ever again. Yeah. He, right. ne- he never has to convince her of anything like, He's cool now. Yeah. To her. Never mind. I put that switchblade. Yeah. I wasn't going to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, after like the, this like whole thing, this is when we discover here that the fluid inside the key is blood and oh. it can be used to create some kind of force field or whatever. I was just going to say the eyes. It frees their tortured souls. Yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> I, I wrote it way too far down. No, no, it's yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so you found the, it, the the icky stuff that you know had to be dumped that the collector wanted dumped out of the key. It's blood, and he can use it to create a force field or something. So he puts like a drop in the windows in the doorway, and it, again, more of that cool like animated effects, like yeah. it's a little like red barrier. I like the sound it makes. It's like whoosh. that's why. It's because then after that, when he's doing that. I just have it written JPS for Jada Pickett Smith. Um, she comes and finds him while he's doing that and sees what he's doing. And this is when it's he mm. sort of starts like mentoring her a little bit, yes. and t- telling her more about it than he is yes. telling the other people. And this is where the first Jesus crucifixion flash flashback occurs, where he just kind of like ah and starts like seeing the crucifixion and the keys yes. there. And yeah, like there's she just, comes and interrupts him while he's having that freak yeah. out. Yeah. And that's when he, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I put the knife to your throat. She's like, I knew you weren't going to hurt me. I don't really know why, but I just knew you wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think that would ever happen. Anyone ever put a switchblade in my throat? I back. I think this is a bad situation. <laughs> a I like, this isn't nothing. Everything's fine. This is how it ends. <laughs> uh, and then like Roach is berating Cordelia and Wally a bit. Jerk um, boyfriend hitting and getting violent. Yes. Dude, he he flips on her real quick. As soon as he thinks he's that like, whores stuck don't in have there. happy endings or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus, dude. I think he says whores don't have friends. Yeah. 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 Which is not cool um, <laughs> to say to anybody about anything. And Irene's like, 
let's make some coffee. It's going to be a long night. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, is it my turn to sleep? I feel like that's a line that she's probably said in any other cop drama that she's been on. Yeah. Like she's yeah. had a lot of practice. <laughs> she's yeah. like, Shit, I got this one and an ace in the hole. <laughs> ace in the hole. It wasn't in the script. <laughs> <laughs> they lost the audio and then they just pulled it from some other thing yeah. she was in where she said the exact same thing. And you can take that to the bank (laughs) (laughs) to the bank to the bank to the bank to the bank i could throw it when he's having his flashback sequences (laughs) um and then suddenly geraldine's cat's back inside which is like a subtle thing in the movie the rest of the movie she's always grabbing her cat in various scenes um and so they start chasing around because breaker's like get the cat how to get in here demons could possess cats too (laughs) right you're like oh shit and that's when uh, Roach tells Wally that he wants to take the key from Breaker and give it to the collector because everybody's got to look out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the gang goes down to the basement where they discover the cat uh, got in through some board up entrance to some underground tunnels for the mines. And Willie knows all about those mines. Our boy Dick Miller, he's an expert in the mines. Yeah. And you can see that there's like a little breeze coming through the woods. Like, it might be a way out. Some cobwebs are kind of fluttering. This may have been his previous life that uh, where he... Where he worked as a miner. Who knows? <laughs> Before they closed the mines, he had to start drinking yeah, all the time. That's maybe why he drinks so much. <laughs> um, and Roach and Cordelia, that's when Roach and Cordelia are having that talk, and he hits her and leaves. Um, and that's that's when we get the first uh, thing where the collector's, like, talking to her from outside. Yeah. The first... And these scenes are all shot with the same kind of mood. It's like it's like a soft... It's very like sultry. Skinamax mm-hmm. look. There's always like the lighting suddenly not purple. It's like the, warm. Yeah. 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 The, if there's fabric, it's flowing in the wind. There's a lot of blues. Yeah. You know, and it's just him. It's basically like him trying to convince Cordelia that like you know you help me, I'll help you. Yeah, but he's also like seducing her too. He's the like vampire like, kind of thing. You're just a lonely girl who's only wanted love. You know, like think about Billy Zane's voice just being in your ears in a he's very like, sexy so way. You're so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Let me in. Uh, well, I kind of want to put those on, on everyone and just like, meditate to them later. Yeah. His voice. <laughs> yeah. You're like you're right, Billy. I am pretty. Well, he plays when he tries to seduce anyone. He's kind of playing up something about them. Mm-hmm. He's like, like you're just looking for love. You just want to be loved. Yeah, you know? it's the it's opposite like, of the Pennywise it thing. Yeah. Where instead of your greatest fear, he like knows what desire. it is that's gonna make it so you yeah. want to help him. Um, watching this one on Blu-ray in this sequence, uh, bet it looks great. I well, I never noticed in this scene before when he's talking to her, and she's like crying. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd never noticed this. I mean, maybe you guys did, but uh. He's talking to her and she's like crying and it's like close up on her face and you know he lifts his hand up when he's talking to her and he goes like this and when it cuts back to her face the tear wipes off her face and then her lip starts rippling like he's touching her I saw her that. Lips. I saw the lip. I'd never yeah. noticed that shit ever. I didn't see the tear. Like, That's awesome. Yeah. And I was looking into it and um, they're blowing just like a fuck ton of compressed air on, onto her face. Yeah. Like, oh to make it do that's that. That's how like yeah, her yeah. lip moves. It was like oh. The tear would blow away. Yeah. yeah, that's it's awesome. You sure that, they didn't use a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> Billy or Zane's a spook like, or a specter. That's why uh. Billy Zane got the role. He has like special telekinetic powers. <laughs> yeah, and then they cut to like Wally, and he knocks on the door and comes in. Cordelia like comes on to him, and then we go back to the gang in the basement. I've always loved you. <laughs> yeah. 
I love you. I wish you were just using Roger Rabbit's voice. Yeah. We go down to the basement to the gang and because uh, they're like, you know, uncovering that mine thing. And then they hear the screaming. So they run upstairs to see Cordelia. And this is when we get another fucking bonkers, awesome effect sequence. And this is so if you let Billy in or the collector in, yeah. he inhabits you with a demon. And then you you're not going to get any of those things. Yeah. You're just going to rip Wally's fucking guts out. Yeah. <laughs> and also she, she's not so pretty anymore either. No, no dude. I love the yeah. fact that like the bottom half of her jaw is like fucking missing. Oh yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's a very, the thing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it like is. It's the, a the creature. Are wild. Yeah. Yeah, her, like, her jaws on him. She has like some nar- like the demon. Like, like she's transforming. It gets like a little Evil Dead too, because like yeah. their necks become extended. Even it's getting so a li- little Evil Dead also, or a little Evil Dead too. Also, <laughs> the longing neck isn't Evil Dead too though. Two, yeah. Also two. Also two. <laughs> Got it. It is though for sure. It's so cool. And cool this facts. is a uh, the great CCH Irene. You know she uh, she tries to help by putting the key against the demon, like because it like gets knocked over in the shuffle, and she picks up tries because she saw Breaker put it on you know um, the collector's face. She's like, I can do it too, and she goes to put it on Cordelia's face, and Cordelia just rips her arm the fuck off. Fuck off. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And Which that they, was a holy shit. During that, they sure. apparently had they had a lot of trouble with that effect because initially what they would do is they would have you like tuck your arm behind you like this, you know, but the way that they kept shooting it was just too obvious. So they ended up putting her in a giant fat suit so she could keep both of her yeah. arms like this. And it looked a lot more realistic. I, yeah. And I, I, that was like one of the first things they shot. I heard. And that's why, like the rest of the movie. She's like, cause she's not that big. Yeah. She's wearing just a bunch of clothes. So she looks husky just so they can make that effect work. Cause all the tubes mm-hmm. and all the shits under there. Super cool. So we have our, our first, what is that amongst the crew? We, so now we've lost Wally. We've lost Cordelia. Mm-hmm. And Cop number C- one. CCH and Pounder is lost her arm. missing one arm, but she did not lose any of her spunk. So we're missing oh, like two and a third. Yeah. Oh, this is also, that was cool. This is when uh, Breaker shoots, um, he shoots Cordelia in the head and her head explodes, but her eyes like are still intact. Yeah, they pop and they out. The eyes like kind of start slithering away on the ground and then he shoots them on the ground. The lightning shoots out of them. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> <clears throat> but this is a post the battle CCH is in serious pain just again just doing some fucking killer acting and slamming booze yeah they have so vodka they splash like, it. give it to me give it to me <laughs> like <laughs> gulping it like uh, <sighs> fucking animal house style <laughs> cut to the second Jesus flashback yeah yeah <laughs> it's like right after that <laughs> um and Roach again tries to be the alpha dog and get the key from Breaker, and Breaker just pulls the gun in his face and like, guess I have to kill you then. Or whatever <laughs> yeah, he yeah. says. I don't know what the exact line was, but it was pretty good. Is he supposed to have been alive since back then, or is he just filled with those memories because it was passed on to I him? I think, so what I get out of it is that he you was could, only supposed to have been alive during that like World War One sequence. Yeah, that's when he became the demon knight. Yeah. And everything else before that is just like something that's been passed on to him. And like, yeah, I think when, when you become a demon yeah. knight, yeah, you get the history of. Okay, that makes way more sense. Yeah. So I think the guy that gave him the key is the guy we're seeing those flashbacks. Right. Sure. I think he even he might make some kind of mention of that. He might. Uh, yep. <sighs> so then they head down. Um, so everyone mines. else is like, we're going to the mines. We want to go to the mines. And uh 
you know, Breaker's just like, that's a really bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm with him. Like, I mean, I'm not there or anything, but I'm thinking yeah. to myself, like, if these are demons or any sort of whatever, maybe going underground isn't the best idea. Because yeah. if that? I know one thing, it's that demons are below us yeah. and <laughs> Jesus is above us. <laughs> right? Science tells us the demons are under us. Don't go into the mines. <laughs> but they, they go anyway and... Uh, Breaker goes with him, just probably to try to help minimize the deaths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he does seal off the entryway back into the basement with a drop of blood on the way out, too, just to make sure they're covered. Yeah. He's no noob. <laughs> uh, so the gang's in the mines. Um, they're walking around, and they come across Danny, the son of the couple that owns the cafe Roach works at. Same kid that caught Breaker trying to steal the car. And Dane's played by Ryan O'Donohue, who besides this is just a voice actor. We even talked about the fact that they got attacked in the caves. Though well, that's 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 coming yeah, up. Coming up. Oh. It's Danny's parents. Oh, they bump into him first. Yes, yeah. Because he's like, okay. uh, yeah, that's right. He's like my mom and dad. Then they mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Sonny. <laughs> the the least threatening demons in the movie. Yeah, they look the guy just like this, right? Salad, Steve, or whatever. Um, so they all fucking retreat, of course, back to the basement and uh, they get in there just in the nick of time and the demons are locked out because of the force field that breaker made before they left. Um, but then Roach goes, yeah. this is for four years of minimum wage, asshole. Yeah. And he shoots the guys through the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Which now makes more, way more sense. I didn't even. They, cut, uh, they cut a whole thing out about them, apparently. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of weird. I thought to myself when he said that, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, not like they don't really establish that very no, well. No, I think the only, the only time that you notice is that he runs out and he has like a chef's, a chef. A he schmuck. Has, he has this, <laughs> an like apron. an apron on. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, a chef. He's a fucking yeah. fry. He's grilled cheese <laughs> sandwiches. He puts fries in a fryer. He uses, all, and he uses all of his hard-earned minimum wage grilled cheese cash to pay yeah. for the local whore. When the timer goes off, you take him out. <laughs> Chef. <laughs> Roach. You haven't had a grilled cheese, so you've had Roach's grilled cheese, though, man. I don't know that anybody <laughs> would hire somebody for their kitchen that's named Roach. You should start a food truck. Roach's like, oh, grilled cheese. Yeah. Or what this, is that even Who's working name, in your kitchen, Roach? Nickname? Huh? You think it's even his real name or is it a nickname maybe because he works in some greasy-ass diner? Oh, right. Like he's a Roach um, coach. Uh, <laughs> no idea. But so when he shoots his boss demon through the portal, like Breaker's like, no, because it makes the demon explode and destroy the barrier. And then all of a sudden there's a bunch of demons in the mines that just start coming on in. Yeah. Uh, it's probably what? the most swarmy moment other than the earlier one was, but they kind of figured it out quicker. Yeah. This is one where they actually are getting into the house. They're retreating up the stairs to where there is also a previous spill seal. Yes. Where they spilled some of the blood earlier. And now they're up on the landing, <laughs> but looking down into the area they had all been hanging out in prior. Just swarming with demons. Just swarming with them. And this is where they use the key to, just like with the cat, they use the key to check and make sure Danny is not possessed. Oh, yeah. He touches the dance. <laughs> and he gets the okay. Touches it to his head, his forehead. And this yeah. is where you finally actually get. And Jade the... is like, "Is that necessary?" And it's like, "Well, fuck yeah!" It's I said, totally Have you seen necessary. what's going on? <laughs> Come on! This is where you finally get the backstory for the movie, though. So this is where like they're like, "You like, you better tell us what the fuck's going on." Like I would have <laughs> asked him that immediately. Yeah. 
Like when I saw a dude cut his hand open and spray green neon blood and spawn demons out of the soil, I would wonder what the fuck was going on right then. That's the very latest but, when you're going into the cave. Before yeah. that. Something tells me even then they're still not going to believe him, though. Everybody <laughs> yeah. in this hotel except for Jada Pinkett seems like a fucking asshole. <laughs> CCH seems pretty cool. Yeah. Talk shit, CCH Pounder, Hogan? What the yeah, fuck's bro, that about, dude? Not cool. Um, I don't know. She's a narc. <laughs> that's true. That is true. That's I didn't true. Think she about did this. call the sheriff. Yeah. And she got some stitches for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they a haven't few. stitched her up yet. So I tried I tried to uh, make notes of what the actual mythology is here. So it's France in 1917. Yes. It's World War One. Turns out Breaker was in World War One, um, where he was given. Well, okay. So it goes before that. So there were seven of these keys, and the demons used them to rule over the universe. But God created light and banished the demons, and then he gave the keys to various holy men to keep them safe. So Breaker was in World War One, where he was given the key by his commanding officer, whose name was Dickerson. Like Without the warning, also. So, like, Good is really holding on by a thread here. Hold on. It's just like a, a seam of their I'm pants. dying, slap it into random dude's hand that's yep. right here. Yeah. Uh, so he got critically wounded, so he gives the the bottle to uh, Breaker, and then he becomes a demon knight. And uh, he basically tells him the gang has to survive the night. And then he literally goes... So now you know. <laughs> and he yeah. explains there's a whole like rule of seven. So yes. there's seven stars on his hand. There's mm-hmm. seven stars <laughs> on the vial. There was seven of them to start yeah. with. And that's something to do with like how you get chosen who becomes the next demon knight, I guess. I like yeah. when he shows them the seven stars. I like that's how he starts it. When they're like, hey, what's going on? He goes, I didn't ask for this. Yeah. And he shows mm-hmm. them like the seven stars on his hand. It's like, what? It's, it's like, you didn't want that tattoo? You didn't want that tattoo? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also like. I the, was real drunk. Yeah. This uh, element to it where it's like, he's like, and I thought we were safe. I thought we were fine. And then he showed up with those two cops. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that he had those two cops with him, I knew that there was going to be trouble. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I thought that it was going to be fine. And it was because they're all like, you brought this all upon us and whatever. And he's trying to like, be like, well, it's it, what I wasn't trying to do that. I, I thought I was safe because there wasn't yeah. as many of you. And then the cops. And then a uh, roach comes up to me. He's like, well, I guess I was wrong, but you're a real goddamn hero, man. And, like shakes his hand while he's also just low key pickpocketing. Yeah, him, yeah, taking yeah. The key. You just get the whole story and you Can see I all the demons. You still can't Mr. buy it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Roach also in this part does have a really sick white practice jersey on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a vented practice jersey that's cut into a tube top. <laughs> I, I, I also really like the line. So the first line when he's starting to describe what this is all about, he says, when the earth was a formless void. <laughs> I love that. That's going in a song. That's a metal lyric for yeah. sure, yeah. When the earth was a formless void. Where the earth was a formless void. <laughs> they bring back the darkness, you just a, like that. You just make a whole concept record yeah, about Demon Knight. Honestly, Demon it'd be fucking radical. It's one of the reasons I like siege movies, like movies like Assault on Precinct Thirteen, Straw Dogs. This is totally is like that genre. You're yeah. in this Prince one of darkness place. Even. It's all gonna take. Yeah. It's all going to take place here, and unless Alice Cooper shows up, these are the only characters you really need <laughs> to know With an old rusty bicycle to stab <laughs> you with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Geraldine goes looking for her cat again, because she's like, where'd my cat go? And she goes looking for it again. Yeah, She doesn't want the cat, cat to get downstairs and get eaten by these demons. Um, and she's looking for the cat, and that's when we get her, uh, the collector's attempt to get her. 
which has my favorite song in it. It's a Gravediggers song, and I think it's Suicide. Yeah. Um, the other th- I also wrote down, so it has Filter, which we mentioned earlier. There's this Pantera when they're going song. out the battery. It's Pantera. It was one of the worst Megadeth songs ever because it was like when they were trying to be cool and the, they're trying to be 90s. It's like when Anthrax put out like a, a slam record where you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's got Machine Head in it and Ministry. Oh, and Rollins Band. But yeah, Jada Pickett Smith, Gravediggers is playing, has a very cool like I curtains goes, waving. Do me a favor. Don't scream. And she's not going for it at all. You can tell she's a little stronger than uh, than the whore. Cordelia? It's a sex worker, Your man. Your mom was a whore. <laughs> I've been um, rewatching It's Always Sunny, and there's a part where Charlie <laughs> thinks that <laughs> he's his dad, that Danny DeVito's his dad, and he's just like, I don't know. Your mom was quite a whore. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if she left the abortion clinic and went and got laid. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Okay, my. Uh, so yeah, so the collector's trying to get uh, Geraldine, and he's trying. His move with her is he knows she wants to travel the world. So there's like all these pictures of her like in front of the Eiffel Tower yeah, and, and stuff, and, you know, yeah. like really bad '90s Photoshop. It's and, pretty good. And then it pans to like, it's like a painting of her. And I, it drops. I, I thought of the movie Who's Harry Crumb during this scene yeah, because yeah. there's like they, on the wall yeah where they go he goes to the house and he's like i'm i'm his daughter and he's like ha 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 i know you are not his daughter because his daughter has been kidnapped and uh <laughs> it's got pictures of her really huge portraits of the other daughter <laughs> all over the house but especially in her bedroom and there's like a tapestry of jada pickett smith just kind of looking like a supermodel yeah and then blood starts to sort of like appear like on the face, like their tears before it drops and it cuts to like a fucking total Dawn of the Dead gut munching sequence. It's awesome. Another one of those awesome. great effects, dude. Yeah, they're like, what, elbow deep in uh, Breaker? It's in like Breaker. Breaker's corpse and it's pale and like blue and they're like ripping his organs out. Because he's yeah. saying Breaker's gonna die. If you stick with him, you're gonna die too. Yeah. Um, which comes around later. But yeah. She's just like, fuck you, fuck you, Zane. Well, she hawks a giant loogie. She spits like a giant phlegmy loogie on his face. Yeah. It's- <laughs> and he's like, and he like, I'll take that as a no. He's like, you don't trust me. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, then she, but what's interesting about that scene too is it cuts a, well, no, he's like, he's like, come to me. He like drags her towards him. And the scene ends and some of those things was kind of ambiguous. You don't know if he got to her or not. Because the next time he's here, she like walks out of the room all weird. Yeah. And like just like casually walks back up to the group and doesn't say anything. Um, and when they get back to the group, I also want to mention not that we I just like saying CCH Pounder because I do. <laughs> I was uh, gonna, is Irene's but, vodka? Yeah. Her vodka's kicking in and she's just going hard, man. She's like searching the place. She's got a gun. She's for having her arm severed <laughs> yeah. and being wasted on vodka. Yep. She's just like taking care of business. Other people are chilling. While she's going and checking the perimeter. I thought CCH, the same thing. Any other person in any other movie, this person would just be on their back just crying and bitching, you know? Yeah. No. She's on a she's on a mission. Her like crying is just when she first gets injured, and that's why she asked for the ball because she's like that's she's like, ooh, 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 ah, give me, give me, give me. Ooh, ah. And then she like 
Bacchus kicking in. Let's fucking go. Yeah. yeah. Any other character would have been Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> Which you're just like, God damn it. Could you just eat her? Yeah. Somebody eat her. <laughs> I do not care if she survives. Oh, and then uh, let's see. She walks back to the group in the trance. Uh, Uncle Willie's miss. Uncle Willie's missing. Yeah. So that's when Irene. She's like, Bacchus kicking in. Bob, let's go find Willie. Yeah. Who's getting smashed in the attic with the little um, kid? The little kid who's, re- both- who's reading a Tales from the Crypt. Willie is too. Yeah. They're oh, both is. reading. I like. He's like. He's like. Yeah. Good idea, kids. Read these comics, and I'll drink this vodka. Yeah. Before we know, he gave the kids some vodka. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea. That, like just sitting there with some random kid getting wasted, <laughs> smashing some old comics from the fifties. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And you get another great CCH power line when she crawls into the act she goes Willie you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> leave the bottle <laughs> yeah leave the bottle yeah cause she tells him like like, hey go get Breaker and the key and let's bring him up here to the attic yeah which is no bad plan like you said down low no good up high very good what does he yeah. say like he puts the bottle down and he's like stuffy ass bitch <laughs> <laughs> like he's ready to tie one on he wants the party and fortunately for him he might get that chance woo uh, and before that happens, though, Bob and Irene, uh, you know, Deputy Bob and Irene discover that Wally really did steal people's mail because it, it's a uh, that's the conversation earlier. I got fired from the post office yeah. for stealing mail and they uncover he really was stealing mail and he has a ton of guns. He was getting ready to go postal, which is very topical in 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> but if he was gonna, he didn't have any bullets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then, like, they cut the roach, and he spits on a demon. And Breaker's like, don't do that. They hate that. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, they hate that. Yeah. <laughs> they really They kind of do, like, a rawr, and from, like, 100 feet away, you see, like, a gust of wind. Another one of your, your lion roars. Oh, yeah. It's like, I like that he says that, though. Rawr. Like, it implies that he's done it several times before. Yeah. <laughs> they really hate that. <laughs> I did start writing down the tiger growls later. <laughs> but there was still a couple. Once they kick in, I know there's one there. I want to rewatch like, it. It's like, yeah, totally. Uh, but then we cut to Willie, who walks into a random room, which it's like I don't know. He's like, go get Breaker. So instead, he's like, I'll just go in this random room with this no, kid. It's his. I imagine it's his bedroom because it's got like a nice lazy boy in there. But still, he still didn't go get Breaker. She's like, go get Breaker, and he's like, fuck that. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. go in my room. And he's probably looking for another bottle. Yeah. So he walked in his room, and it's just a dozen topless women. It's yeah, it's like a strip club kind of scene slash like spring break. It's like Uncle Willie. Yeah, we they love Hi, Uncle Willie. Hi, Uncle Willie. And the collector is the bartender. Yeah. Which why does Billy Zane look like fucking Hunter S. Thompson? Oh man, in yeah. this part, it's another great line of his, and he uses that voice. Um, Suck this one down, Uncle Willie. Long, hard one. Nothing gets you fucked up faster. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like two to three fingers of brown ass booze. (laughs) Just like that's one drink. (laughs) Well, the one of the best parts of this sequence for me, I like laughed out loud when he's like, because you know he's in the thing and he goes, "Oh my god!" And it cuts to like the room because the kids there with him. You see what the kid sees and he's just like looking at. He's just Dick Miller's in the himself. middle of the room like this, yeah. going, oh, my God. And the, <laughs> the kid's like, what the fuck yeah. is going on here? And he thinks he's in heaven all of a sudden. Uncle Willie? <laughs> but uh, so, of course. Um, did they did they find the grenades when they found all the guns? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have any bullets. She goes, yeah, but he's got. She said something like, but 
He has this. Yeah. And she holds. It's like a a fucking hand grenade vest. It's like a suicide yeah. vest. Yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, so of course Uncle Willie uh, obliges the collector and because he loves demon. booze. So if only. Irene would have let him take the bottle. Maybe he would have succumbed to this. So is that, what we're to, is that what we're supposed to like garner from that? Is that he took the drink, so he accepted the invitation? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, and then Breaker and Geraldine uh, walk in. They discover Demon Willie, and you know they start struggling. Um, cut back to the attic. The collector uh, comes up there and offers Irene her arm back. And she kind of like <laughs> shrugs on a, her on a shoulder, fucking platter, <laughs> and then she like shrugs her shoulder at him. He's like. What's that? And he, she's like, that's me giving you the finger, asshole. <laughs> 68. She probably had to wear that fat suit for that scene, too, because it looked pretty yeah. good. Um, and then we go back to the struggle. They cut Willie's head off, and it's a really great looking animatronic head. Dick Miller, like, just look around the ground. And the kid picks it up and shoves his eyes into a pair of antlers. Yeah, yeah, that's great. A little uh, deer horn eye gouging scene. Is this when we get the roach cutting a deal? Is that what happened? Yeah, if it makes you feel good, do it. Because <laughs> yes. he asked yeah. him, he's like, do you care about if I kill all these other people? He's like, I don't know. If it makes you feel good, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So, yeah, roach, uh, since he took that key from Breaker earlier, he uh, makes a deal with the collector. He's like, hey, I'm ready to cut a deal. I'll give you this. Just let me out of here, you know? It reminds me of another movie with the word night in it, but with a with no K, Judgment Night. And there's this scene where he tries to make a deal with the gangsters and he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to work out. And then he just like gets chucked off the building because <laughs> he goes downstairs he's like, oh, just one more thing. I lied. And the demons fucking rip him apart. Yeah. Oh, not before, though. He gets this is another fucking great line. In oh, this, though. Because uh, he, <laughs> Billy Zane lets him go, and, uh, Hell and Roach says, yeah. Hell on Earth ain't so bad. I got hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, and uh, something that's really great in this part, too, one of those like, just kind of little moments with uh, Billy Zane is he can't get up there, though, because the blood barrier. So right. he, uh, he's like, could you, could you just remove that blood for me? Oh, and then he goes, yeah. Okay. And like a sponge comes out of his mouth and he hands it to him. Yeah. I was looking away and I don't think I saw it the first time. Yeah. It's so good. I was looking away and Emily's like, did you just see that? And I'm like, what? I read I about that. Was that like, was actually that? Billy Zane. He said he used to do it to uh, like kids when he was in school to freak them out. And oh. so that was like, his idea to do it oh. in the movie. It, yeah. I mean, it's so, yeah. I mean, you clearly tell he's having a blast playing the role. Yeah. Like he, he I mean, everyone's great in the movie, but he really makes the movie for me. And those little moments are just awesome and memorable. Yeah, hell on earth, big fucking deal. I've got hemorrhoids. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get a moment that's kind of like aliens when Vasquez and Gorman blow themselves up in the vent. So the demons, of course, get through after they kill Roach. And Irene and Bob are just down there. And, uh, you know, Bob's like shooting at him. He's like, get upstairs, I'll cover you. And then Irene's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pulls the, the suicide vest. You always were an asshole, Gorman. <laughs> Self-detonation. Uh, so Breaker and Geraldine are up in the attic, um, and then Danny's sitting there reading a copy of Tales from the Crypt again. Yes, um, apparently you could just go right back into reading after all this shit's happened around <laughs> you. Fucking mom and dad tried to kill you. Again. Is this where we get the sequence where we're actually seeing the movie play out in the comic? Yes, yeah, wonderful yeah. editing. So that's Super like I'm cool. wondering because we never actually see what he like what he offers. 
to him. We don't. We see he's looking at the comic, and the monster in the comic's eyes suddenly like become real and start like looking around. Right. And the yeah. kid goes, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> My guess is if he's really into the comics, he maybe is something like, "Oh, if you, hey kid, you want me, me in like, the comic? All the comics you know. will be real. All right. Yeah. Great." Um, but uh, I did read interesting with the director here. He said the kid becoming possessed by the comic. Um, this supposed to be like his tongue in cheek reference to kind of the, the history of why the Tales from Crypt and EC comics went away because um, parents said that well, they was it was possessing their children. Well, it was a big uh, the reason the comic book code, if if you're a comic book career, the comics have like kind of like the MPA. A there's a thing. It's the CCA, the Comics Code Authority, and it dictates what could or couldn't be in comics. And it's way more lax now than it was then. But it came about because of Tales from Crypt comics. There and like there are other ones, like the military ones. Yeah, like all of them. EC Comics put out uh, Tales from Crypt, The Haunt of Fear, Two-Fisted Tales, Shock, um, Crime, um, which the Tales from Crypt TV show adapts from all of those. Yeah. It's not just adapting Tales from Crypt. It's adapting all EC stuff. Yeah. Um, like the episode of Kirk Douglas in it. Um, like that's from one of their Two-Fisted Tales war comics. That makes sense. Um, uh, But so, yeah, because... Congress held an official inquiry on comics and juvenile delinquency in 1954. And that's when the comic book code authority was created. And um, after that was created, a lot of people just stopped carrying the EC comic books. They're like, we aren't going to carry these, you know, they're, they're lewd and they're, you know, they're not good for kids and it corrupts them and blah, blah, blah. They were held in the same light as like pornography. All yes. Yeah. And that, and by uh, the end of 1956, <clears throat> they uh, EC stopped publishing everything except mad. That's really why Mad Magazine became a big thing is because they, they could get away with the humor comic. Yeah. And when Mad started, it was more just a parody of other comic books. The early issues are like parodies of Superman and stuff. Which is funny because there's a lot of questionable shit in Mad Magazine. Totally. And that's probably kind of skirt it too by it was like, a magazine, because not comic. Because it's satire. Yeah. Well, I know, but because it's almost satire, like yeah. you can get away with it, you know? And Mad's brilliant. I mean, like in its heyday, I mean, it's it's smart humor. You know, it, it I don't know. I like Gaines. I like EC Comics. I'm an EC Comics nerd. So, but so I appreciate the idea here is the kids read the Tales from Crypt comic, so it does corrupt him and make him kill. So yeah. it's like it's a tongue in cheek, you know. So speaking of tongues, <laughs> he gets a, this crazy open mouth, which is uh, coupled with a tiger growl, if you can imagine. <laughs> um, Insert tiger growl. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Danny goes bonkers. Can we? This is a, an actual side note. Can we get uh, a tiger growl to insert whenever somebody says tiger growl? <laughs> you want to talk? You want to talk about when the kid gets possessed and kills? Where are we at? Kid possession. Danny. Attic. Danny's a demon now. Danny. He has a cool big long jaw. Oh yeah, and he's the one that ends up what hole? Doesn't he stick his tongue in through Breaker's chest? Oh right? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I remember. Correctly. Yep. So we see our main tongue in that hole. <laughs> Protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's what he's doing. <laughs> and at this point, the only living person of the seven is Jada Pickens. Geraldine, Geraldine, so, come on down. Yeah, I mean, for a lifetime of terror. Yeah, so you might ask yourself, what's in it for you? You're gonna look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to ride the city bus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, so yeah, the kid kills Breaker and Breaker basically like lays on Geraldine that hey, you have to become the new demon knight. Like it was you. You know, I was brought here for you. So he starts putting his own blood in the key 
and like he gives it to her, her, and then she gets the ah! she gets the crazy uh, <laughs> the cool he, she gets the coolest of the Jesus flashbacks, which I believe this is number four, it's like Dead Zone style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. And then um, wow, I'm a demon knight. <laughs> and then Breaker dies, and that's the finishing of the key passing. And that's when. Uh, the collector Zane comes up through the floor like uh, you would at like a gigantic rock concert when like oh yeah uh, like Michael yeah. Jackson at the Super Bowl yeah it's like yes. the, there's a glow and he just kind of like comes up on this elevator and he has his styling 90s like Ray Bans on yeah. or whatever which I love because it's very um, supernatural yeah you know like obviously that shitty house with the mold all over the walls doesn't have <laughs> like an elevator that goes up to that room. With just a bunch of green lights on it. Yeah. I think Geraldine like closes his eyes, but then as soon as Billy Zane gets up there, he fucking opens Breaker's eyes up again. Yes! <laughs> Super funny. Yeah. yeah, he dies and she's like, oh, it's like yeah. a tender moment. Then he comes over and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> Super great. Super funny. That, that's kind of shit. Like, do you think that's in the script where I was like, Billy Zane's like, ooh, how about I open the eyes back? <laughs> Billy up? Zane's just fucking Zane and people. And Billy Zane people? Yeah. And Billy Zane. Uh, hey, the- stop Zaning, man. <laughs> stop getting all zany. Um, he thinks that. Jada Pickett Smith is just like covered in blood from all the horror and gore that's been going on. Oh yeah, she comes out of the darkness and she's suddenly in her like athletic undergarments. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> covered in blood. Like un- definitely undergarments they don't produce anymore. It was a very nineties <laughs> underwear. And there's another tiger growl right wow. there. It's like they start doubling up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he tells her he's like, "Ooh, look at you, poor thing. You must be in exquisite pain." And, and she, then grabs she grabs him. him. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, wow, geek, wow!" She should have hugged him. She should have. Yeah, she should just did the move she does in like five minutes right here. Just, just like end the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, he's like, "Fuck!" And he's like, runs off. So then she's all big and bad now. She's tough. She goes after him. She's yeah. not gonna wait around for. She starts pursuing him. But he grabs her with a shower curtain. Dude, she's cut too. By the way, she's like, she's in shape. She's ready to throw down. Yeah. But yeah, she walks into the bathroom, and that's where we see the sheriff in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. in the tub. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a giant hole through his face. Like, we're going to use this one more time. <laughs> we made the head, and it looks good. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, she's in there and sees it, and then she looks up and sees, like, uh, the shower curtain's gone. And right then, Billy Zane pops up, wraps her up in the shower curtain, um, throws her in the tub, and starts washing her off to so get the blood off. Her. And when he does, when she pops out of that tub, those underwear are brand new. Yeah, they're white. <laughs> yeah, blood doesn't come out that way. <laughs> uh, and during that scene, she stabs him in the eye or something. Yeah, she stabs, jabs him in the eye. And when he's like "fuck" and looks away, she takes a big gulp of blood out of that key real fast. I'm pretty sure he says, "I like those sunglasses." <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't if if you said he gulp. You're it's the pretext that she swallows it. She oh. takes a uh, a mouth load this is also like coming up into i think also one of the best billy zane moments where we get to see the lightning trouser snake oh my gosh take <laughs> us there baby <laughs> this is where he tries to seduce her because he can't say that he loves her he's like i le, 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 le. <laughs> could you ever le, le, le. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking lightning comes out of his crotch <laughs> <laughs> part of it is he goes down boy (laughs) (laughs) he really does have that cowboy persona just slightly throughout the entire so good um then there's a weird like dance disco kind of scene where it's like 
it's almost dream, another dreamlike sequence yeah. in a it's way. Like no one's ever brought Demon Knight over to the other side before. I wrote a note on this because there's some dancing in it. Did you know that Billy Zane uh, was almost cast as uh, Johnny Castle in Dirty Dancing? Really? Whoa. But they didn't cast him because he couldn't dance. <laughs> it's like maybe he just needed a few more years and a little practice. <laughs> That's yeah. the only reason the scenes in the movie. He's like, I gotta show those fuckers I can yeah. dance. Fuck you, Swayze. But Swayze's <laughs> ready now. It's yeah. his big dick, and he wants to dance right now. <laughs> <laughs> but she she gets real close during the dancing. And that's when she spits the blood out into his face, and we get just the wonderful effects finale of the film. I put total fucking meltdown. Yes. Cool bubbling flesh. Um, his fucking face starts falling apart. His jaw falls off. Um, he, there's this flash where it's like he's kind of this s- skeleton beast thing. And yeah, then the wings are like, Yeah. Like his head looks like it, uh, the skull on the cover of the Danzig's like first record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has like huge wings and yeah. stuff. And it, then it just is a finale of like another big ass explosion. But she survives it. Yeah, somehow she survives that fucking thing. Maybe it's the blood that she was covered in? Maybe. Maybe. It was like a protective shield or oh, something? Might... I don't know. I don't know. She just took a shower. She looked pretty clean. Yeah. Oh, it's true. But... Maybe Demon Knight can survive How many gulps explosions? of blood do you think are in that fucking flask? A lot. Before she leaves, time... they show her getting more blood out of Breaker. She goes upstairs and like fucking drains blood out of his poor corpse. Right. I just feel like if that's as easy as it is, like you just have to get that close. Couldn't you just take a gulp and spit at him every time? Yeah. <laughs> like, couldn't he just spit over the balcony? You know, he's like, they don't like that. Like, well, shit. She's yeah. got a fucking milk jug and put a ton of Breaker's blood in it. She'll just keep re-upping. <laughs> right? I always assumed it was, oh, by always, I mean the two times I watched it. <laughs> Turn that dude into a smoothie, you know? <laughs> that uh, <laughs> You get more liquid out of him. It has to go directly into the, the thing bottle, to be yeah, holy. There's some, there's some supernatural Otherwise, power of it. That makes sense. You know. I don't know. Is it clotting in there? <laughs> <laughs> so after she uh, gets some more blood out of Breaker's corpse, um... Then she goes and catches a bus. Well, first, it she shows back up and she's all fucking Canadian tuxedoed out. She's got like her <laughs> full 90s denim wardrobe yep. on. She's just clean. She's got that paisley do-rag. It's probably the next morning or even the next day after yeah. that. But she's, yeah. Or maybe even months down the line. We don't know it, it doesn't how, say. where she is even. <clears throat> yeah. She's but in she, the desert. That's all we she's know. She's getting on a bus. And the bus stops another stop, and there's like a dude in a First, oh. she puts the seal on the doorway to the bus. She does. She's real shifty about it, yeah. too. You think that's because there's only one way in and out, so that way she can take like a map, like a quick snooze? Maybe. <laughs> and you'd think the driver would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Because you watched, just poured hey blood there. on the bus, <laughs> and you'd, you'd see the little... <laughs> <you'd be> like, <laughs> what? Get off the bus. Yeah, and then like two blocks away on the desert highway, There's just stop. a dude hanging out. Yeah. All in black, like a black trench coat, maybe. And I love this because you can't, like, his face is disguised. And the dude who, and like, you know, because his head's down and the brim of the hat's like in front of his face, so you don't know who he is. And uh, it's nobody. But man, I thought it would have been so cool if it was like Billy D. Williams or Carl <laughs> Weathers. Oh, that, like, yeah. man. Up, you know? That would have been so much better. But yeah. like, he looks up and he goes, No, thanks. I'll get the next one. <laughs> and he just, like, the last shot is the bus driving down the highway and him just walking in that direction like, whistling yeah like he's after her whistling the tails in the curb thing i didn't catch that yeah yep and then we uh got back to our boy the crypt keeper just like on the show 
And he's showing up at the big premiere. Well, kitties. And pun, pun, pun. And then there's my best tales in the crib uh, at the end. I still want to hear Hogan do a crib keeper. Uh-uh. Give us one, baby. No. Uh, Come I'll, on, I'll Hogan. Hurt, I'll hurt myself. <laughs> he, but he's like, he's like on the red carpet, and uh, there's a guillotine step. He's like, oh, I asked for final cut, and I got it. Uh, and then uh, the credits go on. And Nate, like Nate said, there's a bunch of songs, but. Uh, did you guys? Well, first it plays the entire classic theme. Oh, and then yeah. a whole nother mm-hmm. song, and then a whole nother. <laughs> so, so there's three full songs. Technically, in the yeah. I mean, if you, I, I guess I'd consider the theme song a song, but it's just a minute long or whatever. So, did you catch? Uh, did you guys watch past the credits? There's a post credit scene. There is. Yeah. Man, uh, I sat through two songs. And I didn't make it. You, you see the post credits? No, I'm aware of it though. So okay, so. Post credits, it's like a Looney Tunes type, and it's like, like you know, and uh, and the crypt keeps head, and he's like, he says something about like, watch out for my next motion picture, <clears throat> dead easy, which never came out. Yeah. But it's like they were far enough along in pre pro or production there were for two. Yeah, they I, did they announce both of them in that? I can't remember. They just announced Dead Easy, okay. which was never made, and I spent a long because that post credits scene, I went down a rabbit hole trying to find out what movie was. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd never heard that. And maybe that post credit scene isn't on the old home video release. Maybe it's just on the Blu-ray or something. I no, don't know. Well, they had two and, and not the Bordello or or the like, what was the third one? I can't remember that they put out. Uh, the Well, we can dig into that. We talked about so it once. The but... third film came out straight. That came up on an old episode. Maybe, maybe I didn't actually put it in the episode, though. Um, I think it came up in a conversation with Andrew. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was this. Oh. I think it was up in the cabin so, so talking. So there was a third movie. It came out straight to video called Ritual, which That's was right. a different movie they threw to the But So Dead Easy, I, I was digging into it. And what I found out was there was a script by J.P. Kelly called Fat Tuesday. Um, and it then morphed into what was going to be Dead Easy. And it's about an amnesiac who's in New Orleans trying to uncover his past, unaware that there's some type of evil living inside of him and it involves some like voodoo zombie thing. So as it progressed, mm-hmm. it be, became this like voodoo New Orleans zombie movie. And the little bit that I gleamed, I found uh, uh, from an article in the Demon Knight like magazine that came out when the movie did. Do you remember in the 90s? Like every movie had like a one-off magazine. Yeah. yeah. And they, they wrote about Dead Easy in there. But... And you've looked up like Dead Easy script, Dead Easy screenplay, all yeah. that kind of stuff, and didn't find anything. Nope. <clears throat> uh, you're talking about the other movies, though, Hogan. So yeah, I mean, at one point, so uh, they had multiple movies that they were going to make. The original after Dead Easy, um, so the movies they had to pick from were Demon Knight, From Dust Till Dawn, The Frighteners, and Dead Easy. Those were all going to be Tales from Crypt movies. Really. That's interesting. They're all good movies. Tarantino, though, was like, nah, he wanted more money for the From Dust Dawn script. So then he and Rodriguez made it without him. Huh. They didn't want to pay what he thought it was worth. Which, yeah. That's fine. That movie turned out just fine. Yeah. But it but definitely you know feels like a Tales from the Crypt movie. Well, yeah. it feels like it feels kind of like Demon Knight. Yeah. It feels like a better version of Demon Knight. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Different version. But it has <laughs> that same kind of vibe and stuff. Yeah. Um, just vampires instead of demons, really. What, what was Fred going Williams on there? Were they like it. a weirdos or something? Weirdos that look like weirdos? <laughs> <laughs> weirdos do not explode when sunlight hits them. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, that's his best role, Clooney. He's fucking awesome. Easily his best role. Except for that fake-ass tribal tattoo. I hate that thing. <laughs> I've always hated tribal tattoos because, like, what tribe are you in, man? 
which also comes up. The Gecko Brothers, bro. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I was watching an episode, and they said that. He's like, what tribe are you in? (laughs) It's like, I've always wondered that. You get old George's in uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, too, with a real nice flowy mullet. I like that one. That's Mm -hmm. like, when when I think of like, like, Nate, you were posting something about the Naked Gun movies or a police squad recently. So we watched this. Last night we watched this, and then we watched Naked Gun because it showed up on Netflix. Emily nice. had never seen it. We guys She's, were watching we were Police Squad our asses off. The funniest part of the whole movie. We watched Police Squad. That's funny, but it's just the part which is a carryover from the show with the like. There's the guy that's too tall to be in the frame. Yeah, and he walks by and he goes, "There's something on your face." And he goes like this. He's like, "No, the other side." And he goes like this. Like <laughs> half a banana falls on the table. <laughs> just a thud. <laughs> But I'd say Return of the Killer Tomatoes is like that world of humor to me. Return of the Killer Tomatoes sure. has that like naked gun airplane kind yeah, of yeah. vibe. Like halfway through Return of the Killer Tomatoes when they uh, they run out of the money to produce the film. <laughs> and then George Clooney's like, wait a minute, I got a great idea. We could just do product placement. <laughs> and it's like, that's brilliant. And then it's like, Bleh! and the movie starts back up and there's like Pepsi logos and shit all over <laughs> in the exact same frame. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, dude. I got to rewatch that. That's shit. good. That's better than Attack of Killer Tomatoes, in my opinion. Yeah, Texas is just like a funny title and premise, but the movie itself is like whatever. Yeah, I hear that. But so I don't know. Uh, so little uh, side note here. One thing I didn't bring up at the very beginning was that uh, another casting choice that they had to play Geraldine was Cameron Diaz. Oh, they made the right call. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cameron Diaz is in my top list of least favorite. Drew Barrymore <laughs> being number one, and then. Uh, Cameron Diaz is a hard two. Three might be Whoopi Goldberg, except for Whoopi. Maybe. I don't know. Fuck. She sucks and everything. She's annoying. So you're saying you're happy I said no to the Drew Barrymore show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a show. Yeah. Apparently. Oh, My, so I always didn't like Drew Barrymore because like, she's one of the worst child actors that's ever been. Like if you try to watch Firestarter, she almost destroys Firestarter because she cannot act. She can't fake cry. She can't fake laugh. She can't fake. And if you can't fake it, you can't act. She's good in ET. That's what acting is: is faking it. So anyway, yeah, like I, ET's okay, but like there's a lot of other things that help carry that movie. Yeah. And then she shows up for a minute in Freddie Got Fingered because they were dating at the time. Tom Green and her were dating. And there's this part. Where she's like she a secretary goes, at desk or something. There's a crazy story that my one of my bosses told me about Tom Green, and he was like on the road with the skateboard crew, like the I think uh-huh. it was Toy Machine or somebody, and it was when Harry Mary's was still open, and Subsect was across the street, and Tom Green was over there with some other buddies, and there was like the the head dude of whatever the company was. And they came over and they're just like, hey, is the bar open tonight? And they're like, no, it's, you know, it's Sunday. We're not open. They're like, can I rent the place out for the night? Like, do you know some bands that could play or whatever? Like, we just want to throw a party. Mm-hmm. And he handed him a fat wad of cash. And it's like, just make something happen. Like, we'll we'll get people here. And the place was like full of people. And Tom Green got up and told some jokes and shit. And he's like, fine. I saw him do stand up and see the rapids. Played, and he's like, it was just really surreal. Like, all the drinks. He's like, just tell me when this runs out. And at one point, he's like, hey, man, like, we've pretty much used it. He's like, can't hand him another wad of cash. He's like, this should cover. And everyone is just drinking for free. That's tight. That's yeah. awesome. I, I think wish Tom I could seems say I was cool. There. You, I know you've been on a reading kick. You should read his book, Hollywood Gives You Cancer. 
Yeah. It's 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 actually pretty good. I like him and his humor. I just don't want anyone else to do it. Yeah. No, yeah. Ch- especially check, if that especially person, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. <laughs> Number one you on the list. Check out that book. It's good. Um, but yeah, he seems like a cool dude. He was really funny when I saw him do stand up. Um, he has a podcast. So like I watched him do Instagram lives constantly, like when COVID started. Because he would operate at all hours of the day, at night, and it was just like him walking around his house, yeah, like doing really weird shit. Like he'd be, he started doing like regular, uh, like synth shows in his basement at like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> I know. I think he's making enough money off of. Uh, I'm sure he got a bunch of cash in his got payday. That he got fingered money. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't get like all into coke or anything, no. so he's fine. I wonder that with some people. There, someone posted a picture the other day of. The original guitar player from Wasp was selling his uh, Thunderbird on Craigslist. Oh, man, that thing looked and, like a shitbox, yeah, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> and he had pre-signed. He autographed the hood of it real big. Yeah. His oh. name's Chris Holmes. Not John Holmes. Chris Holmes. He's very tall. He's like seven feet tall. And he was a, a, a hardcore boozer and drug user. And it's like... A boozer, a user, and a loser. Like, Wasp was on the radio. Like, Wasp was big enough that he probably made more than a million dollars. Like, he really drank and snorted all that. But he bought that that one car. (laughs) Yeah, you've got that one car, and you live live with your mom again. Well, there's that scene in The Metal Years, Decline of Western Civilization, where he's, like, slamming bottles of vodka in his pool, and his mom's there, and the story goes that, like, she was there because someone called and was like, you know, Chris is in the pool and he's shit faced. He's going to drown or something. And she was there keeping an eye on him, making sure he didn't die. <laughs> but he's all like kind of fucking with her and like just being a snotty kid towards her. Anyway, he's not dead somehow. And he does acoustic singer songwriter shit now. And it sells Thunderbirds on Craigslist. Uh, so what, what do you guys think? How many frights we given this? I'm going a hard four. So this is one I'm going to watch. Hell yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. It moves really, really fast too. honestly. I've watched a bajillion times. Cool effects. Great cast. Lost the love. I'll probably even pick up that Blu-ray. Yeah. And I'll probably track down one of these. Because this is my brother's copy. He pointed at the VHS tape. Yeah. One of one of these. You know, now he's up. masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! This is this is one of my favorite sounds. Oh, <laughs> still masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> Hogan, how many frights? He's not. I was want uh, this back. I was at four as well. Nice, steam and night. Four frights. <laughs> that moment, that cowboy moment, where. Uh, where he says, you fucking hoe down, low down, well, they're them motherfuckers. Yeah. Man, I used to think that shit was so it's hilarious. Great. Um, so that's, is that your favorite? That was my favorite line. Is that your favorite line in the movie then? Since you, uh, I don't know. I really like, man, my nipples are burning. Yes, <laughs> my nipples are smoking. She goes, oh, I'm sour, baby. There's so many, there's like, there's, there's so many great, great one-liners in this. I'm just going to go with the, just what he needs. Someone else screwing him. <laughs> And that's because it's from CCH, and the way she delivers it's awesome. Everything she says is great. It just <sighs> she's really the star of the film. <laughs> Favorite line is, "And you can take that to the bank." Yeah, <laughs> I love in the movie when they say that. 
And then Steven Seagal comes in. <laughs> he and He fucking be- roundhouse kicks Billy Zane in the face. <laughs> yeah, he becomes the demon knight. You know what would have kept those demons out? Uh, a nice rusty window cage. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Rusty window cages. You can put a little bit of blood on them, too. Yep. Can we uh, add that to an option on the site? Yes. It'll okay. stick to the rust and indefinitely keep your house safe from Also, demons. there was no milk or no window creeping in this movie. I, I disagree on window creeping. I think there's plenty of window creeping with all the demons who are creeping and looking in the windows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. And are we sure there was no milk at the dinner table scene? <laughs> I think there was just booze. Yeah. Unless there was a white Russian. I mean, there, yeah. there might have been milk in that gruel that Irene oh. was feeding Breaker. It was a milk-based gruel. <laughs> that, uh, that, I think that is the basic. Yeah, you've gruel. never had that fucking milk and guac stew? Oh, I love it when it, I love it when it gets all chunky. Oh, man. I just, the first, that was the, when I got done watching it the second time, I was like, that's still so fun, and... I feel like there's going to be even more to see, yeah. like even, you know, in the I mean, future. Yeah, great casts, unique script. I mean, it's it's similar enough to other horror movies you've seen, like like you mentioned, Saul and Precinct Thirteen. I think like Prince of Darkness, you know, yeah, um, which the I siege think film. Assault on Precinct Thirteen. So Carpenter always wanted to make westerns, yeah, and that was his like ode to. I think it's like the showdown at the OK Corral, totally the, that movie, yeah, yeah. And he was like kind of making his own version of that with Assault on Precinct 13. I remember thinking this movie was incredibly different because the first movie I ever saw Billy Zane in was with Tom Berenger and Sniper. Okay. And I love was, Tom Berenger. He's Major pretty League. straight in that, but then he kind of like goes off the fucking deep end in the end of that movie. But this was a complete 180 from that role. He's definitely one of those dudes that I didn't realize how many movies he had done like my friend uh christina said oh my dad's getting rid of some vhs tapes you know that that classic chestnut i picked up some movie called morgan's fairy with him and and henry rollins in it (laughs) yeah and she gifted me this tote and i opened it up and everything had tom berenger in it oh it was all it was his entire working catalog (laughs) i was like oh i i like major league (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's the there, I know that one, and then it's just all these other ones where it's like, you know, him in like scenarios, of westerns, and like wannabe Last of the Mohicans movies and shit. Like I have Tomahawk one, and the Yeti, or whatever. I can't think of the name, uh, but I picked it up at Video Warehouse. It's Tom Berenger, R.I.P. Uh, Billy Baldwin, and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> R.I.P. I just looked and I was no. like, this is fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Tell everyone that Dennis Rodman's dead. <laughs> the worm is no more. Yeah. <laughs> Manic Panic just lost a good customer. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen forever. Does he still do that shit? I don't fucking care. <laughs> oh, man. What was the fucking horrible movie he made with Van Damme? Double Team. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I saw that shit in theaters. That and was like, art, this sucks. That box art is bright. Yes, it is. <laughs> Mostly because it's here. If you're going to yeah. watch a double van damn jam i would watch double, <laughs> double impact, impact yeah where <laughs> there's like basically a line down the middle of the screen where you can see that it's like not only do a lot of people probably not enjoy his acting abilities but you get two doses of it in the same movie i shit you not last week when i was at the bins there was double impact uh a mary kate nashley olsen movie uh Freaky Friday and twins all in the same box. Someone was in. I was that. like, "What is yeah. going on here? It's twin sanity." <laughs> that that household definitely had twins in it. Yeah. yeah, 
Demon Knight's awesome. The follow-up film Bordello of Blood is not, not awesome. awesome. That's career ending. It I mean it killed it killed the the Tales from Crypt movie franchise. I mean, Ritual wasn't even Tales from the Crypt movie. It was like years later, because like, it was like early 2000s. So they're like, oh, let's just fucking throw the name on this. I don't know how you feel about Dennis Miller. I like Dennis Miller, and I thought that that was, you know, could but have been potentially I cool. own yeah. two copies of Bordello Blood on Laserdisc and VHS, and I've never watched it just because everyone tells me it sucks. Especially after how good this is, you will not like it. It yeah, really, yeah. It really is bad. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I'll continue to go out of my way not to. You see don't need it. to see yeah. it. Uh, what's interesting about Bordello of Blood is it could have been cool because it's written by Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Like it's a script that he had way Zemeckis back. Zemeckis like, worked on this too. He did. Yeah, all the producers who brought the show to life. Like I feel like Bordello Bordell of Blood probably been cool in its initial script like form if they would have made it back in the like late seventies, early eighties when it was originally yeah. conceptualized. I probably been fucking cool, but it went through a bunch of rewrites and rewrites and you know. What we got sucked. Also, it's like Demon Knight is so good and the lore and the mythology they established in the film is so good. They should have made a sequel Demon Knight. Yeah. Well, they kind of almost teed it up that way. You know? Yeah. It's like, fuck, this is great. Just follow yeah. her on the next Billy Night D. Williams. Of Terror. Billy D. Williams chases fucking Jada Pinkett Smith <laughs> across country. Every movie The Collector is a different guy <laughs> whose name is Billy plays the role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's a good. But idea. it's like they could. I mean, they could make a Billy demon Blanks, night right now. Billy Blanks Part Three. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. He'll be tied bow in your ass <laughs> yeah. if you don't get that blood in the window in your rusty window cage. Um, <laughs> I uh, rattle that cage. Uh, yeah, I. I would take a demon night sequel now. I mean, you could you could still do it. Fucking bring Billy Zane back as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's just the form of the demons. The like dude hasn't him. fucking aged. He looks the exact same. Probably is fucking demon. <laughs> I bet Jada guy. Pickett Smith could pull it off too. She doesn't look that different. Is she hurting that much for cash where she would do a demon night too, though, you think? I don't know. I bet I think her and Will are about to split. Did you see that interview she, between she, them? Oof. That was a doozy. It was essentially I don't know, I don't they were on some talk show and Jada like dropped this bombshell that she's been having like she, they have an open relationship. Except she's the only one that's been actively partaking in it. And Will just sits there on the bench, like, looking like he wants to cry the entire time. Whoa. Yeah. This is like, I don't know, a month ago or something like I'm this. I'm going this. Dude, it's rough to watch. Because so, she's like, no, you know, it's all about communication. And he's over there like, what happened to my life? So I think you're telling me he does not like getting jiggy with it. No, he does not. Much, despite what you may have heard. He likes getting jiggy with Jada, but she doesn't like... She doesn't like him, apparently. Also, I think the whole just the two of us shit, a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard her band? No. She she's has in, a band? Yeah, she's in a metal band. Oh. What? Yeah. How come they weren't on the soundtrack to Demon Knight? I don't know. <laughs> wicked Wisdom? Yeah. Is it, w- it, w- it Wicked When I wisdom. say metal, I say it loosely, by the way. <laughs> uh, the elusive loose metal. Well, yeah. they're not good enough if that's a reference point they're not on spotify they're not my band's not on spotify so what does that mean (laughs) it means i have no idea how to do it i can help you do it that would be nice you're watching something there's a commercial for like it's like a 30 year reunion for uh fresh prince of bel-air and the commercial had just ended and i was like man why do they make stuff like that but i totally want to watch it (laughs) like i do i would totally watch it gets real I've never watched it, but apparently it gets really, uh, really rough because the actress who played his mom 
just calls him out for being a complete like cocky shithead after, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was two different. You mean like his aunt on the show, right? Because weren't there two different people played his aunt? Yeah, because sorry. like he had disagreements with one, one got fired because of it or some shit. Mm-hmm. Is that one? I guess choose him out. That's amazing. Yeah. That's my now story. I want to watch it more. Yeah. It's more realistic. And he totally owns up to it. He doesn't deny any of it at all. He's like, you're right, you're right. And then he starts crying. He's been crying a lot in public lately. <laughs> the opposite so, of Jiggy. Will, if you're listening to this, let us know if you're okay. Yeah, We're send us an email. Uh, speaking of sending us emails, so if you go to our website now, uh, you can email us. There's a little form there you can fill out. Send us suggestions for movies. Um, or if you're Will Smith and want to reach out and let us know how you're doing, you can do it there. Will Smith, um, if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple <laughs> Podcast, <Podcasts, laughs> iTunes, whatever it is, you should. Make sure to sign it. Yes, that'd be, that'd be cool, too. If anyone wants to leave us any reviews or anything, do it. Anything helps, like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Uh, hit us up on thefrightzone.com. Uh and we're also talking about maybe getting some type of a Patreon thing going sooner than later. Uh, so keep your eyes on our website for that. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that more in another episode once we actually have it set up. Um, anything new coming from the media crypt, Nate? Currently, we have a uh, never-ending story uh, design that's done by Matt Graves. It's really awesome. And that's got a long sleeve and a t-shirt variant. And then uh, we also have a legend design that was done by my buddy Tanner. And yeah, you can either buy them as a fantasy double feature or separate. (laughs) And I plan on doing some advanced prints of those so I can take pictures of like the real print because they're going to look really cool. I got the transparencies and they look awesome. Anything new happening at your beautiful barbershop, Franklin Plaza Barbershop, Hogan? Nope, there's nothing happening. I'm cutting hair. There is a recall on 4x6 rusty window cages in case you've recently purchased one. Yes. <laughs> it's a rare one. It's a yeah. rare cut. And if you are going to place an order for a new rusty window cage, um, you know, you hit us up on our Insta- official Instagram account. What is that? Find a rusty window cage. Uh, you know, let us know what you're looking for. We can uh, accommodate different sizes. Um, <laughs> we can put drops of Christ's blood on the cage for you to keep yeah. you safe from those demon home invasions. We've also started keep manufa- Zane out of your house. manufacturing uh, rusty dog kennels, which we just <laughs> used the, the cage for the windows and just bent them. <laughs> yeah, your but dog you will love cram it. Cram your dog in there. New slogan: cages for the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure your dog's up on shots before you put him in that cage. Though, just full disclosure. Because he's gonna get rusty. Your dog will have rust. Dog on might him. get some tennis. He's gonna smell like a rusty window cage, <laughs> which <laughs> we all know what that smells like. <laughs> That'll be our next venture: is uh, rust scented uh, cologne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, rust deodorizer. Trying to think, is there anything else we cover it? Like some, maybe up? some spray that's like Rust-Oleum, but it creates rust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. But so we don't, you can't tell them our secret of how oh, we yeah. get the cages stop, rusty stop. so fast. Cut it out. <laughs> um, that's a cut. So I don't know. Do you have anything else? I think that's Fright about Zone it. T-shirts at mediacrypt.bigcartel.com. I do also have, uh, and this is just for whoever's listening. We got. I'm going to do a kickboxer design next, and that's going to be fucking awesome. Speaking Ooh. of Van Damme. Yeah, it's gonna be Van. You're trying. You're gonna be doing splits all over the fucking place. <laughs> That's right. Um, so yeah, uh, grab your Fright Zone shirt uh, from Media Crip. 
like and subscribe. Hit us up at thefrightzone.com. Find us on Instagram at frightzonepodcast. Stay spooky. Go buy yeah. some yard bags. It is finally yard bags. <laughs>